1978, DC Comics, desperate to stop the juggernaut Marvel Comics had become and retake their position as the dominant publisher in comics, gambled it all on what they called the DC Explosion, a publishing initiative that would see DC debut a wealth of new titles, increase the price of comics, and widen their scope to publish stories with newer, more diverse characters. This strategy failed catastrophically, leading to what would become known as the DC implosion. What caused the DC implosion? It's been attributed to everything from poor sale, poor ideas from editorial, to good ideas from editorial that came too soon, price increases, one of the worst blizzards in the history of the United States, a paper shortage, panicked executives, a film delay, and just plain old bad books. It's a whodunit's worth of possibilities, but by the end of this series, you'll understand how each of those things contributed to one of DC's darkest hours. You'll also learn about arguably the most important woman ever in comics, who shaped the future of the industry with her actions and saved DC Comics. This is the history of the DC Comics explosion, part one, before the explosion. All of those things you listed, could you could have said that, you, that exact list without all of the pretense. It sounded like it could have happened. You could have been talking about last year. <laughs> like a year after uh, New 52 even. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> so I love that you said that, Kale. I love that those are the first words not spoken by me because that is a heavy, heavy theme of this deep dive that we're going to do. And it's a big part of why I chose this topic. Because um, the cyclical nature of the problems in comics is remarkable. And it's never been clearer to me than since I've been doing research for this subject matter. Um, hello, everyone watching us live. Hello, everyone not watching us or listening to us live. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Um, if you're a fan of comics and you understand the industry, which you come to know just by you know being into it for a while, you know that there are certain problems and certain things that come up over and over again. And when I first started researching what we would do after Twilight of the Superheroes, a lot of people recommended the DC uh, explosion. And I didn't know why. I didn't know what it was. And now that I've learned, I can see how incredibly uh, predictive of the future the events of just really a, a few, most people say a few short months, but I go back to, uh, most people think it all started in, in 78, but our story is starting in 76, because I think that that's, that's an important year in DC's history. I think it's an important year in comics, and uh, we're going to talk about why. But the problems that DC had in 76 are the same problems it has in 2023. It's actually incredible. Um. So this is this is what we're going to be tackling yeah. for you know the next few weeks. Um, go ahead. When you announced the DC uh, the DC explosion, I was like, "Yo, did I miss a terrorist attack again?" Like, <laughs> Jesus not. Christ, what well, what happened? That's why I included DC Comics. Okay. Explosion. Well, you know what? I'm I have selective hearing. 
Because if you type DC Explosion without comics, it's something very different. Uh, as we get into this, I want to shout out um, the book, Comic Book Implosion, an oral history of DC Comics circa 1978 by Keith da Dallas and John Wells and 13thDimension.com uh, because they did great work serializing the book. This is a book that is out of print. Um, but it is available digitally. It's a great book. And um, if you're curious about this subject matter, frankly, you're probably going to get most of what you need to get out of the subject from this. But if you want more, you can read the book. And it does have a lot of great interviews and things like that. Um, some of which we'll be referencing, most of which we're, we're getting just from, you know, people love to talk back then. So there's a lot of material uh, for us to dive into. But it's a fascinating time in DC. Classy Ulysses says 1978. That's when Superman the movie came out. Why? Thank you for bringing that up. You'll hear about that again very soon. Oh, interesting. Okay. So our story starts with Marvel. Because by 1976, which is considered to be still in the mix of the Bronze Age, uh, Marvel had already overtaken DC in market share. Marvel had a sell-through rate of 70% to DC's 50%. Now, for those of you not sure what a sell-through rate is, uh, that is what it, what it references is the amount of, in this case, comics, but in general, merchandise, that is sold to actual consumers. Sure. So that's comic shops buying it and 70% of the things they bought actually were purchased is that right so in this case comic book shops are still relatively sure. new newsstands and yeah. they have a different system so when we are talking about sell-through in this case we're mostly talking about um everything else places with returnability hmm. and i'll speak more to that a little bit later but just so you guys know um Returnability didn't exist. Uh, newsstands, grocery stores, all that. They comics and whatever they got. Uh, or I'm sorry, returnability was all that existed. My apologies. They got what they got, and if they didn't sell it, they sent it back. So what I'm saying is that with a 50% sell-through rate, DC was barely making money because 50% of the books that they were shipping were getting sent back to them. Mm. Whereas Marvel was selling through 70% of their books. So Marvel was kicking DC's ass. And DC was trying to figure out why and what to do about it. And they had all kinds of wonky ideas about the reason. They thought it was because of the use of the color red that Marvel was doing tremendously. They had Amazing. wild ideas about why uh, Marvel was doing so well. And... Um, it's funny because uh, Stan Lee actually had fun with that. He thought that that was a very funny idea. Um, <laughs> and so he would do things in the books that would counter whatever he heard DC thought was was really the reason why Marvel was doing so well. He would do something different just to fuck with them. Um, and it's not really a rivalry. Like, it's a, it's a well... It's a spirited rivalry. It's not a. Yeah. It's not a war. The, the, these, think, both these places, both their headquarters were in New York at the time, right? 
So, yeah. so they could just they would have lunch with each other, you know. I, yeah, the workers yeah. and everybody. Would, go ahead. Yeah, this would have been back in the days of the baseball games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the relationship was definitely a lot warmer, I guess you could say, than it would become. A few years later, we got um, Batman versus Hulk in 1981. So this is around the time where they were happy to do business with each other. I did not know Batman versus Hulk was a thing. That is good to know. That's one of the many things that I learned uh, throughout this process. Um, DC's books hadn't hadn't been connecting the way Marvel's were. Uh, Marvel skewed older, and they were bolder. Um, they were the ones that broke the comics code by, I mean, several times. Um, but by introducing a drug storyline with Harry Osborn, um, they broke the comics code. And then the comics code changed to accommodate Marvel storytelling because if they didn't do that, then the code would be null and void and no one else would follow it. And then DC did their drug storyline uh, in Green Arrow, I think it was. Speedy. Speedy, yes. Speedy doing speed. speed. Yep. So uh, DC needed to do something different. DC needed to try something else. They decided that they would publish more books because they thought that that was one of the factors to Marvel's big success uh, would be publishing even more comics. Um, but... They ultimately hired Jeanette Kahn. Yes, I knew it. Okay. Who? Oh, look at Mar- look at Marco. Who became publisher of DC on February second, nineteen seventy six, at twenty eight years old. Damn! If you can believe that. What? That is wild. I have yeah. wasted my life. <laughs> <laughs> Should have gotten to editing. Um, she was notable at the time for having launched two publications prior, uh, Kids and Dynamite. She came into the role of publisher swinging and punching right up because her oh, yeah. first battle was actually against the top heads of Warner Brothers who wanted to license the rights to publish stories featuring DC's characters away and fold the publishing division and only do reprints. What? That's fucking wild. We have talked about the exact same idea this year. This year. That was a real fear that we had. And frankly, I still have. uh, When the deal with Discovery went down Mm. that they might not see the value in publishing weekly comics so even as far back as 1976 Jeanette Kahn steps into the role and immediately has to fight for DC's existence so that's the climate we're in DC's overlords don't think that DC is worth the money but there is something coming that might make them think differently which, of course, is Superman the movie. So everybody's holding on to the idea of Superman the movie changing the game. But Jeanette Kahn is not happy to wait because she has ideas of her own. So I'm going to refer to her for the first time here. And we're going to do that a lot because Jeanette Kahn is a person that a lot of people don't know of, but they should. 
Um, and you're going to understand why as we get through this process. So this is an interview with Jeanette, uh, who was then DC Comics publisher. She did an interview in back issue number 57 in July of 2012. Bill, this is a quote from her. Bill, her boss at the time, said, we have four decades worth of comics, hundreds of titles, and we're thinking we should reprint them since those comics lose money and we make all our profits through merchandise and media. And she said, quote, that's a really terrible idea. I said, oh, the chutzpah of youth. It's the ongoing exploits and new adventures of the characters that are the lifeblood of the company and make licensing and media possible. If you don't publish new stories, the characters will have a radioactive half-life and eventually all the media and merchandise will disappear. Isn't it funny that somebody who just stepped into the position at 28 years old understood that in 1976? People today don't get it? Yes. I would be curious, and and this might just be me thinking too worldly, but like that's the that's the European model for Tintin and Asterix, mm-hmm. and they sell insane numbers in the millions every year. So I would be curious to know, like if any like research had been done for that stuff over there. I can't imagine. But <laughs> if if modern comic books and not learning anything from manga is uh, they're not they're not looking elsewhere, you know. Right. Yeah. So you know that that is an interesting point. I highly doubt it. Um, I think they were looking at the bottom line and saying, "These books, we're getting our asses kicked by yeah. the new upstart. Like, what are we doing wrong?" Yeah. And I think that that was the climate at DC um, was trying to solve the problem and stop the bleeding. And, you know, Jeanette, she grew up reading DC Comics. So to her, and not just DC Comics, she grew up reading a lot of other comics. Because, of course, we're talking about a time where there was a lot of stuff out there. And one of the things that I've been so fascinated by is, is the, the, the diverse publishing line uh, that DC mm-hmm. especially, but also even Marvel had. But uh, we'll refer back to that. Jeanette believed that comics could be better. She thought that DC had the potential to tell the best stories in comics. And she thought that they could do that um, with higher quality of storytelling, better paper stock, longer stories uh, in the actual floppies themselves, and etc. Now I'm going to read a quote from another magazine that Jeanette, uh, that Jeanette spoke to. Or rather, this was actually from uh, the books themselves. This was the first time that comic book readers from DC heard directly from Jeanette Kahn uh, in December of 76. And so this is what she said. It's a, it's a funny, cute little message. When you've got just one comic and a lot of time to kill, what is the only thing you can do? Right, read the comic again. But supposing you've read it, not just twice, but three times, decided who wrote the jerkiest letter on the letters page and spent at least three minutes wondering if those x-ray specs really work? And if so, why haven't you sent them away already? What then? Well, in desperation, you might turn again to the beginning and read the old familiar names in tiny type at the bottom of page one. Sol Harrison, Jack Adler. Yep, it's the same old DC. But wait, wasn't Sol vice president before? It says president now. And Jack's vice president, and Joe Orlando's not just an editor. He's a managing editor. 
and Vince Coletta's art director, and Paul Levitz is some impressive-sounding thing called editorial coordinator. Even a dingbat of modest intelligence can tell some kind of changes going on. A more astute dingbat might notice something else. One of the old familiar names is nowhere to be found, and there in its place is a new name, never before seen in comics, Jeanette Kahn. All signs point or all signs seem to indicate that an unknown person of presumably female persuasion has become publisher of DC. The inevitable questions arise. Who is she anyway? Does she have the necessary qualifications to publish to be the publisher of the largest comic company in the world? Can she type? Yes, I can. Ten words a minute using two fingers. I also started three magazines, which, strange to say, you might well be hoarding right next to your most prized comics. I'm going to stop there because you can get a, a, an impression of who Jeanette is with what I just read. Sassy, yeah. spunky, and ready to take on the world. Kind of yeah, no well. bullshit. Uh, realizes she's getting into a boys club. No, uh, and, it, and is curbing that shit at the door. <laughs> and she's ready. Yeah. Damn, that's she's crazy. ready. She she came on with fucking boxing gloves. Yep, because she knew the the, the climate and the environment that she would be jumping into. Mm. Um, and Jeanette is go ahead, Kill. I was gonna say, I, was this lady still alive when Heather Antos went through the milkshake bullshit? She's, because she's, still alive, she's alive now. Oh, I hope she gave Heather a call. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, if you guys are enjoying this presentation so far, please do hit that like button if you're so inclined. Uh, Thank you, everybody that's joining. I see the chat uh, between me referring to my script. So thank you all. Glad to see Dan and Atomic Hound here, especially because you guys are uh, of the age where you've probably read some of this stuff and you you probably can speak to some of this stuff. So outing them. Well, I'd be proud, man. I, I, I really the, yeah, the no more I, <laughs> the more I dig into this old stuff, the the more I wish that I had been around. And I think it's cool that yeah. there were people that you know that are still here that can speak to all this. Yeah, still here. Comic book history is very fun, and there's a lot of good books about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so she quickly found an ally in Paul Levitz. A man who, of course, would go on to become president of D.C. and have a legendary career in his own right, but here was only 21 years old, if you can believe that. Uh, so we're talking about a very fresh-faced Paul Levitz. Uh, Sean, um, do you but, mind if I yeah. just got a super chat from Joel? I just wanted to oh, read it real shoot. quick. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. please. Uh, Joel said, I just wanted to say good morning. You guys are awesome. This is for the research that you had to do for the topic. So, Thank you so much, Joel. I really, really appreciate that. Uh Good morning to you, and I hope that you enjoy this presentation. Um, you guys make this possible, so I, I really, I really appreciate that. That's so cool of you to do. Um, so, both of them saw the dire state of comics and were desperate to save the medium, swiftly making changes that immediately improved business and morale. One of those was the introduction of the Dollar Comics Initiative. Hmm. Almost feels like Walmart comics, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. the, the parallels are literally everywhere. Yeah, they're all over the map. And I thought the dollar comics thing was so funny because, like, now that would obviously be ninety nine cents, right? Like, it would not be a dollar. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it, it wouldn't be close. Off it, the dollar cart, we'd be lucky if we're getting a two dollar comic. 
but like yeah. like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the round number like comics sure, are yeah, not yeah, yeah. five dollars oh, or 499 yeah. you know it'd be it'd be 299 right yeah. now yeah. drawing the line at 099 yeah i get you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh the first four dollar comics so the first four comics that were a dollar from dc were the superman family house of mystery world's finest and gi combat as announced by mike tiefenbacher in the comic reader 136 from october 1976 uh tiefenbacher was the executive editor of the comic reader at the time a freelance writer and a comics historian uh, Tom account so, says the first dollar comic uh, he bought was World's Finest. So there you go. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. There you go. So this is what Tiefenbacher wrote. Beginning December, four titles: The Superman Family, House of Mystery, World's Finest, and GI Combat will cost one dollar. Will be eighty-page giants. <laughs> before, right? Even that language. Before mathematicians start figuring out comparative costs with former eighty-pagers, we will mention that these books will contain 66 pages of new material, roughly four times the material contained in a 30-cent book. What these books will resemble, for the most part, are Golden Age titles, i.e. they will return to multi-character books to the stands. So, Jeanette Kahn hated reprints. She did not like the concept of reprints. She thought that reprints were bad, As I said earlier, she felt that the news stories were what people came to the table for um, and that the reprints were just not worth doing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. But she thought that the package that comics were presented in at the time just didn't work. So something had to change. This is the origin of the dollar comic. So this interview that I'm about to read from now is from Comic Media News number 29. And isn't it crazy how many different like yeah publications there before are? Before Wizard too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have one question before we get into that. Yeah. Comics, normal comics. They were 30 cents. You said. So these, like in my yeah. head, a dollar comics. Like oh, that's cheap. But these are oversized, almost thrice the amount of a normal comic. Yes. Okay. And um, the Jokers of their time got it. Yes. And they don't have reprints in them, which they normally would have. Gotcha. Okay. Normally, you would have gotten a book like this, and it would have been half All old stories. Yeah, half old stories, half new, something like that. Cool. Um, so this is the quote from Jeanette. This is from January or February of ninety-seven. Or, oh, ninety-seven. Jesus. Twenty years <laughs> earlier, seventy-seven. Quote, the current package is absolutely untenable. 17 pages and reprints and a 30-cent cover price. There's no place to go, really. And yet, there was a time when you paid 10 cents for a comic book and 10 cents for a Time magazine. The trouble was that we didn't keep up with the rest of the industry in price rises. 20 years passed before we dared to make the great leap to 12 cents. Then we tried 15, then 20, then 25, and now 30 cents. But still, all that is too low. Time Magazine is now $1. We should be $1. And that's where we're headed. 
It's a major experiment, but I think it's the answer, not just for us, but for Marvel, Archie, any comic book company. The dollar package is just like the Golden Age format in that we will be having 80 pages, 14 of ads, and 66 of all new material. It'll be a change for writers and artists to do stories of any length that seems appropriate to the story rather than cramming it into a meager, meager 17 pages. It is going to give the wholesaler and retailer a chance to make money. The retailer, who for years has not wanted to carry comic books in his shop, saying, why should I? What does 50% off of 30% mean to anybody? All they do is clog up my newsstands and keep people from buying Playboy and all those other money-making magazines. The audacity of hearing that versus uh, hold the line at $3.99 or whatever. $3.99, yeah. And like we're getting, we're paying eight bucks a pop now for 30 pages, maybe. Yeah. Oh. Unreal. The experiment just never ended. <laughs> Unreal. And um what I'm struck by is that this is such an incredibly raw and honest interview. Mm, yeah. We would yeah. never hear a Marvel or DC employee speak that way now. That just wouldn't happen. No way. Um, and it's it's amazing how far how far behind the industry already is in 77. The whole industry, forget DC. 30 cents versus a dollar for Time Magazine, right? And this is at a time, people don't necessarily necessarily like to admit this, but this is a major storyline that we're gonna be dealing with. Is the fall of the newsstand and the rise of the direct market. The newsstand industry was already turning away from comics because of exactly what Jeanette Kahn points out. They're not worth the shelf space. It's the exact same thing that Dan Didio said. You can't go to an airport, which will probably be in, a, in, a, in an interview quote later, and put a 30-cent comic on there when airports sell books and magazines and things that the airport shop owner is making real money off of. What money is there to make off a of 35-cent comic? It ain't there. I've seen comics in an airport twice in my life. Never. And they were kids, never they were kids comics. They were Archie books, you know? Right. But that makes sense, right? You want, you want to incentivize the retailer. And, and I think also you're offering a better product to an end consumer. You're, it has more pages. It has something that, like one of the big things we talk about is the that value versus the page cost and whether it's even worth it. Like we struggle with that a lot of the time now, but at the very least, that feels like value. I can sit there and read it, and I have to, and it takes time. Yeah, exactly. Comics felt cheap. Mm -hmm. They were literally cheap yeah. to buy. And parents would buy them for their kids like, hey, have this while I shop or have this while I, you know, get a haircut or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, they weren't treated seriously enough Who by themselves. They were treated as disposable. The paper quality was god awful. It's a big reason why comics from even earlier than that 
are so sought after because the paper quality was so bad that if you actually have a pristine copy of Superman, you know, action, uh, action comics, um, number one, if you have those early books in such great condition, that's rare because no one does. Um, I decided to look at the sales charts as far back as I could go on Comicron. And it took me to 1984. The first, sorry? 1984, you said? Yeah, 1984. The first comic that I ever read, Secret Wars, was the number one seller every month that year. But my heart sank when I did this because every issue of Secret Wars, except for the last one, which is issue 12, cost 75 cents. That's seven years after DC was desperately trying to establish a dollar baseline. Seven years later, Marvel's big event, arguably the first legitimate crossover ever, was only 75 cents. That's awful. I'm going to shift over to an interview from Mike Gold, who uh, at the time was DC's public relations representative. And he did an interview with Comic Media News number 32. This came out in August. This was the August-September edition from 77. The reason why the dollar comic books are doing so well and why we're so optimistic about them is that they're more profitable comics for the retailer to have. So that a guy who doesn't handle 35 cent or even 60 cent comics, a guy who was in an airport or a shopping center, these types of places by and large do not handle comic books because the six to eight cents they make off a 35 cent comic book is not worth the hassle. But on a dollar, they're making good money. They're making more than on a dollar copy of Time magazine, as a matter of fact. Um, DC was giving them 50 cents on the dollar. And time was giving them 40 cents on the dollar. Half? Holy shit. The way we have it set up, the book will be on the stand for two months. That's the promise we make to these people. I don't think we'll change it until we have a full line of dollar books, rather than just the three we have scheduled at the moment. It's such a beautiful system we have now. There's no reason to jeopardize. So, Superman Family was an absolute juggernaut Hmm. this book slayed it came out and it did gangbusters but core fans of comics people i guess like the modern the the modern that era's version of us people who are well invested that know the things you know and are into it the the little bit of older crowd the college age crowd and up they hated Superman Family. Because Superman Family harkened back to a bit of an older time when the stories were a little bit brighter. The cover had everybody smiling. Uh, Jeanette Kahn was able to get Neil Adams to come back. Uh, Neil Adams had left. He was unhappy with the prior management, and he came back and was doing covers again. Um, and so things were going great. And Superman Family was leading the charge. I'm going to read a quote uh, again from... Um, from Mike Gold. The first Superman family dollar book. I know the fans didn't like it, and I'm not going to apologize for that. The younger readers really did like it. The book was probably the most profitable in terms of bucks, 
comic book to be published in maybe five years by anybody. It sold phenomenally well. Selling at about 140,000 copies per issue. That's a real rough estimate off the top of my head, but every point above break, even on a dollar book, is three times more profitable than a point on a 35-cent book. And the book came in at about 12 points above break even. That's phenomenal. That's terrific. Here's why. Superman Family sold 140,000 copies per issue in 1977. In 2019, that's the last year during which comic sales figures were released publicly, no ongoing book has sold 100,000 copies or better every month. The one event series that did that was House and Powers of X, which double shipped in September and August, each issue selling over 100K. Uh... Not even Batman. Not even Batman. That's the entire year of 2019. Wait, the entirety, not a single issue of any of them had sold over that 100K? Every month. Like, oh, like oh, for, within their respective month. Yeah. Okay, okay. Like every time it came out, it sold 100K. Sure, okay. Um, That's absurd. It's the numbers, baby. They're scary. They don't look good. They haven't for a while. But what's so funny to me is that the best-selling book that DC had that was selling so much was something that fans didn't like. <laughs> Core audiences didn't like. Or older fans didn't like. Right. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. I think that's, that's worth pointing out. And so... And sorry. Go ahead. To sort of go off of that, it's, so, it's the same thing we're having... The same issue we're having with like Captain Underpants or Dogman or whatever the fuck. Like older fans aren't going to go for that, but you sure as shit put that in front of a kid and they're going to eat it up. And to that point, and I'm gonna I'm gonna post this in the Discord. Uh, I was walking the city yesterday and I found the theater where they're premiering the Cat Cat Kid, which is a Dave Pilkey uh, a Dave Pilkey creation. That is adapted for theater. I'm going to put it in the general chat for anybody who's interested. That's pretty cool. Um, so at this time, Marvel is doing great. Marvel was appealing to older people, college-age people, the more entrenched comic book fans. But they were also appealing to something else. They were appealing to the direct market. The direct market was founded in the 1970s by Phil Sulik. It was initially created by him to allow retailers to bypass distributors and make purchases directly from publishers. So if you don't know what the direct market is, this is the time to lean in. Its success is predicated on the concept of no returnability. Stores that purchase comics do so without the ability to return them if they don't sell, removing the burden of returned comics from the publishers. Traditional comics carriers like newsstands operated on a sell or return system, often causing comics publishers to lose money and be stuck with comics they have no means of selling. That's what we talked about before with DC sell to the rate of 50% to Marvel 70%. So even when 
returnability was a thing amongst the non-direct market retailers of comics, Marvel was kicking their ass. But mm-hmm. when you get into the direct market, sorry? More use of red. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was certainly the red. And Star Wars, it's worth pointing out, as Atomic Hound did in the chat, uh, Star Wars comics were, were also awesome. Um, the direct market allows for more risk on the part of publishers and allowed for the formation of new publishers at the time because comic shops are directly targeting their audience and comics have virtually no competition within that space while on newsstands they were competing with magazines. Hmm. The direct market also made the culture of collecting back issues, thus allowing people to get caught up on series they would otherwise never be able to possible. And it was created in response to the declining interest in comics at the newsstands. Was it successful? Then, then it was successful in revitalizing that. Yeah, because if if you're if you're gonna have a consolidated space for the thing that you want, both on a uh, from like a consumer and producer end. Oh, but then you box yourself. Interesting. Okay, wait. Keep going. I'm. No, you, you, what you're, what you're doing is what happened. That's, that's history, dude. <laughs> that's the history of comics and spoilers, but we will definitely do one of these on the direct market. Cause I'm fascinated by it. Yo. Yeah. But saying it plainly now, the direct market, in my opinion, saved comic books. Hmm. Did it doom it later? We'll talk about it. Yeah. I feel like we're in the, the same situation now, except not it's direct market and digital. But Ooh. Dang, look at these analogs. Ooh. Um, so Marvel was playing more to the direct market. Marvel understood that this was a place where their audience already was. Why bother playing the, the newsstand game when you could play the direct market game? They were flooding the market, publishing a ton of books, and they were publishing books that they felt would hit their exact core audience. Um, and in fact, uh, jumping ahead to 81, Marvel had actually tried, I believe this was the first example of this, at least from the big two, um, to play directly to the direct, the direct market by publishing a Dazzler copy which would not have succeeded on the newsstand because Dazzler... Go ahead, Tyler. This is the one, I think, that also came with a, a record or, or some kind of music with it. Um, I have it. You have it? I have the Dazzler comic somewhere. I have multiple Dazzler books. Little known oh, fan. Oh, wow. Big Dazzler fan. I have... Four Dazzler action figures too. <laughs> I love I love Dazzler. Um, is this similar to like Daphne Byrne being the book that saves comics? Like that was a joke. <laughs> so this is this is the the truth of it. Um, okay. Jim Shooter tried with this Dazzler book uh, by making it the first ongoing series exclusive to the direct market, and meaning that it it only sold to you know comic shops and it did crazy good uh 400,000 copies sold to stores that was double 
the the best selling books that they had at the time. Um, so that's just to give you an idea of what Marvel was doing at the time. DC was still years behind of finding that kind of success in the direct market. Yeah, it it looks like this was originally supposed to be published in like a super special series, but then they they flopped. Yeah, I do have this. Yeah, it was after her first appearance in Uncanny. I think she fights Galactus in this series. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like some Squirrel Girl shit. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So let's shift back to DC because DC is winning, not the war. They're losing the war, but. They're getting better. Things are getting better. Dollar comics are really working. And so let's take a look at DC's publishing line. I was fascinated by this. So I'm looking at an image that features what DC's publishing line looked like in early 97 as we transition out of 96. 77. Jesus Christ. 77. Thank you. True 90s kid. Um, it's a long list. If you guys will indulge me, I'm going to go through it all because I think it's important. Yes. Action comics, uh, which featured Superman, uh, backups called the private life of Clark, Clark Kent and the sporting life of Steve Lombard. I don't even know who Steve Lombard is. That feels Mm -hmm. like a current action with the backups on it. And one of them is a, 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 Younger Clark Kent with young Jonathan. Yeah. Oh, true. If I'm not mistaken, Steve Lombard and Hound and Dan will correct me in the chat. I know Steve Lombard was a rival, I think, for Lois Lane. Yeah. Uh, yep. And he was like a co-anchor of uh, the Daily Planet's news stuff. So he right. would have been he would have been the Gary Oak to uh, Clark Kent's Ash Ketchum. That's hilarious. Oh, he was, great, yeah, the, great uh, backup character. <laughs> sportscaster uh, to bounce off of Clark Kent's news reporter. Wasn't he kind of a dick? Am I, am I remembering that correctly? If, yeah. he's, if he's Gary Oak, then. Yeah, true. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Adventure Comics, which starred Aquaman with Manhunter from Mars as backup feature. Ooh. All-Star Comics starring the Justice Society of America. Batman, Batman Family, which was a 50-cent giant starring Robin, Batgirl, and Man-Bat. Um, Batman Family was a crazy success as well. Man-Bat? Um, yeah, Man-Bat. I don't know if it's that Man-Bat, though. I'm assuming it is, but I just wouldn't have the context. Hmm. Um, Black Lightning, The Brave and the Bold, with Batman team-ups with assorted DC heroes. Um, DC Special, which was a 50-cent anthology title that had various people in it. DC Superstars, um, which was a similar concept, but it wasn't, it was genre, it was a genre anthology, not a superhero anthology. Um, Detective Comics, of course, which was a Batman book. The Flash, Freedom Fighters, Ghosts, uh, Supernatural Short Stories, GI Combat, which was the dollar book we talked about. Um, Green Lantern, starring the Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and Black Canary. Okay. Uh, Hercules Unbound, House of Mystery, which was the dollar book we discussed, uh, House of Secrets, which was a supernatural short stories uh, anthology, Isis, Jonah Hex, Justice League, Kamandi, The Last Boy on Earth, Karate Kid, Metal Men, New Gods, Our Fighting Forces, starring 
with backup features starring individual squad members. Plastic Man, Rag Man, Richard Dragon, Kung Fu Fighter, Secret Society of Supervillains, Secrets of the Haunted House, Sergeant Rock, Shade the Changing Man, Shazam, Starfire, Superboy, starring the Legion of Superheroes, Super Friends, Superman, Superman Family, which again was that heavy hitter, which had uh, Supergirl, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, Crypto, Nightwing, and Flamebird in it. Damn. But that's not the Nightwing. That, no, no, that's not the, the Kryptonian thing. superheroes, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Superman, or Super Team Family, which was a 50-cent giant that featured the Challengers of the Unknown and the Doom Patrol reprints. Teen Titans, Unexpected, which was Supernatural Stories, Unknown Soldier, Warlord, Weird War Tales, Weird Western Tales, Welcome Back, Cotter, which was uh, one of... We're laughing at that. Which That's was great. one of several DC TV books, which was a, an initiative that Jeanette Kahn tried before Dollar Comics that actually failed. What, um, uh, what artist was drawing John Travolta in that? <laughs> yeah, they started with Welcome Back, Cotter. I can't imagine why that failed. <laughs> but, yeah. Huge show. Huge show, though. Sure. Burned out, but yeah. Um... Witching Hour, which was Supernatural Short Stories, Wonder Woman, World's Finest Comics, which was the dollar book that featured Superman, Batman, Green Arrow, Black Canary, The Vigilante, and Wonder Woman, and Young Love. Comics I wish I was alive in the 70s. That's incredible. <laughs> Ragman ongoing? Fuck. That's yeah. wild. Warlord ongoing? Shade, shade over there earlier? Yeah. The... Um, just quickly, the, uh, the Green Lantern book you mentioned that had was co-starred Green Arrow, Black Canary. That would have been the hard traveling heroes yep. arc. Oh, which yeah. is where the the drug issue happens with Speedy, uh, but was is a seminal Neil Ad- It's Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill. Well, goddamn, Kale! I'm glad you're here, dude. I, as you're as you're saying all this, I'm actually really surprised at how much I already know, dude. A lot of these books were were good, and in, 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 in you know, with the in retrospect, we can look at back, back at these. Yeah. Like, oh, these are like seminal runs for a lot of these things. Um, comic Comic Boom says I have high grade Superman family comics, hard to find in nine point eight. That is so cool. Hell yeah. If you if you would be so kind as to take a picture, if you have like physical access. And send it our way. I would love that. I would love that. That's really cool. Um, now if you zoned out as I was listing all those books, or you felt you needed to skip ahead, that's okay. I understand. I have the breakdown for you. So, four of the titles explicitly included the word "war." Eight of the books are about war. Or soldiers that don't include the word war in their title. Eight of the books are supernatural or horror books. One of them is a supernatural war crossover book. There's two um, karate books, like martial art books, and 24 superhero comics. So a much more diverse uh, line. And you even had Young Love, Mm -hmm. which, you know, was to my knowledge, a very popular uh, book. Probably would have been the dying embers of romance in uh, mainstream comics anyway. And the interesting thing is that 
you know, you can see this just if you look at the list of books that I said, DC has said, okay, well, maybe romance books as like a, a genre unto itself is going the way of the Dodo, but we can infuse romance into our superhero books. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah. I, I wonder if that's where you get like the, um, the, the long haired Clark Kent, you know, um, Fabio covers, you know, hair blowing in the wind with his cape and the, 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 the Lois with her blouse open, you know, draped over him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Um, and one of the draws, I hope I'm remembering this correctly, but one of the draws was again, uh, the fact that they had, uh, those incredible covers, um, you had covers from uh, Ramita at the time, mm. uh, and Neil Adams, I believe. You know, he he brought a lot of people's interest to these books. Um, so yeah, incredibly diverse publishing line, and it would get more diverse because, emboldened by the success of the Dollar Comics Initiative, Jeanette Kahn and her team decided to gamble again. This time with a line-wide change that would see the page count and price of their non-dollar comics rise. DC also had an ace in the hole by the name of Superman the Movie. Ooh, hello. Slated for release in June of 1978, it would launch right in time for Superman's 50th anniversary and reinvigorate people's love for comics, saving DC. Wow. What, what a Jeanette? Nice, what a nice ending to this story. Yeah, All right, crazy. let's get on with the news. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was awesome. Sean, I thank you for taking us on this journey. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What Jeanette, Paul Levitz, and the rest didn't know is that not even Superman could save them from their fate, which was well sealed. By June of 78. Because winter was coming. A bitter, brutal winter that brought the blizzard of 77. Oh, no. And that is where we will end the first part of the history of the DC Comics implosion. But then you got you to gotta make it a little dramatic. And then the camera pans out. And who was there standing amidst the snow? Stanley. Please. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll do this every week until uh, we're done. Probably about three more weeks of this. This would have been. Now I'm thinking about it. Just I'm trying to relate to Marco here and, and get into Marco's mindset. Um, <laughs> this initiative would have been where Swamp Thing first appeared, right? No. No. Swamp Thing's from the 40s, isn't he? No, 72. 71. Oh. So House of... Okay, so not, not this House of Secrets. Okay. Yeah, yeah. House of Secrets 92? Um, I did find my first Dazzler, though. So. Oh, that's so Yo. cool. Oh, yeah. Great cover. Yeah, I have the the one where Magneto's, like, cuffed. One of the early trials. Hucked? Cuffed. I bet. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> so... Where are you guys at? How did you feel about that? Are you on the hook? What do you think? Yeah, this rules. What I 
feel about this is that like once you listed all the, all the titles, like I, I miss those genre books, you know? Yeah. Like even on the uh, the the cover I have for the DC DC explosion, I have the image up. Like it's Superman, it's Black Canary, it's Wonder Woman, it's Batman. But then behind him is Jonah Hex. Uh, I think Kane or Abel from the House books Both and Sergeant Rock. What? Like yeah. they're on the same tier as Superman and Batman, which is bonkers to me. Because um, you're lucky well, to get a cameo from these guys in any book. Um, House of Secrets and House of Mystery were both like pretty well known, yeah, um, yeah. like and popular horror anthology titles. Um, and yeah, you got a lot of characters coming out of that. So like, but that, is, that but the big just point, doesn't do that anymore. You know, like right, right. Yeah. Like we have to get our anthology. silver coins, our swan songs. You know, and and those have been doing really well, which is interesting as to like why you know, some publishers haven't gotten or aren't taking that, that, that opportunity to be like, oh, this is something that's working. Like the DC Horror line initiative they did a few, what, like a year or two that they started? Yeah. Um, like that's been really successful, I think. I think the books have all been quality. Whether or not they continue, you know, that I think you need, to, you need to focus your things. It becomes very genre-specific, which feels reminiscent to the way that manga segments their stuff now. Yeah. You're I just feel that the category. genre stuff is less farmable. But it's so, categorical. Sure. It can, it can become that, I think. Dan Trudeau has the answer, uh, as typical. He is Dan the true Trudeau. It's the as truth, always. man. Those books sold on the newsstand, but not the direct market. Um, and that's the problem. So, you know, as the direct market became more vital... They were able to target their core audience more, and their core audience wanted more superhero comics. So they stopped diversifying, and they cut the line more, and, and you're going to hear why. A, yeah. a re, a, the, the explosion implosion is a major reason why. When I tell you what DC's publishing line was like in 78 versus 77, you'll understand. So curious. It's... This is a pivotal time. I'm surprised people don't talk about this more. This is an incredibly exciting time in comics, and it really shaped the next decade and, frankly, the decades to come. This is where it all started. I mean, I'm sure it didn't. Eventually, I'll look at the 60s, and I'll say the same shit, right? But this is, you know, a lot of the stuff that we think about and talk about today was happening then. And, Sean, you and I are Mar Marvel heads, uh, I think, self-proclaimed. Yeah. You know, uh, so this this is news to me. Like I, I mean, I, I've I've known about it tangentially just from like my history, my knowledge of Marvel. Um, this kind of going on in the background, but like, yeah, this is this is fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So we'll be back with that next week. We're not done. The show's not done, but we will do the next <laughs> <Okay>, presentation <laughs> next week. Uh, if you enjoyed that, definitely leave a like on the video. If we hit our likes goal, which right now we're at seventeen, so I'm not going to do twenty. That would be too easy for you all. Let's do 25. If we hit the likes goal of 25, uh, we will do a draft later. Hello, game. And we will draft a team of Marvel copycat characters. Oh, just Marvel. Oops, my, my image is already broken. <laughs> yep, just, just Marvel. And, Copycat uh, characters? I'll explain all about it later. Mm -hmm. If we hit the likes goal, which I'm sure we will because you guys are good at this. Already at 19. Uh, th yeah, thank you. You guys, listen. Um, top lane, amazing work. Sean really liked it. Thank you so much. Uh, that means a lot to me. 
Um, I love to do this, put a lot of work into it. Um, so thank you. Um, if you want to support the Comics Pals, if you enjoy what we do here, there are plenty of ways for you to do that, aside from the like. Um, Patreon.com slash the Comics Pals is the most direct way. Uh, we appreciate everybody that does that. You get a lot of bang for your buck. Of course, we love to give you bang for your buck. Uh, there's a lot of content on there that you might not have ever seen if you're not on our Patreon page, including a, an exclusive show called Palling Around, where we talk about whatever we want to talk about, shoot the breeze, you know, just have a good time. A newsletter that we put out every week, one uh, from each of us. Um, you get to vote in the book club poll, which is up now, and it should be ending on Monday, I think. Um it's all Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips this month. Let's go. Which uh, we thought was kind of cool. So uh, if you are eligible, hopefully you have voted. If you haven't, this is your reminder to do so. Yep. As my friend P. Diddy once said, rock the vote. <laughs> <laughs> As my friend Hillary Clinton once said, Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Uh, as my friend Hillary Clinton once said, I got hot sauce in my bag. <laughs> uh, as of now, Kale is winning the book club poll with Pulp. Woo! Let's go, Kale! In a landslide. Yeah. It would take. It Yo, would take me. Yeah, I don't even know how this could change. Making so. Kale do to, work. I will. I, I will to. say the one I I did. The one I picked is their take on Archie Comics. I'm just saying. And I will say that the other one is also another. Brubaker Phillips book, so you can't go wrong. That's true. That is true. Uh, if you want to watch this show live, you can do that every single Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Pulls. That is our weekly show where we review comics. Tyler, are you okay? No, I just got texted saying that it's vote or die, not rock the vote. I got, a, I got P. Diddy's thing wrong. Whoops. Damn. Pop culture I'm show. sorry, Dude, did he text me himself? <laughs> I think it was MTV that had rocked the boat. Never mind. Oh, boy. Um, join our Discord server. Come hang out with us on our Discord. We're always having a lot of fun there. We're going to refer back to that in a few minutes. Um, and uh, our Tokyo Ghost Book Club is out. That was yeah. great. We had a good time with that. Check it out. If you have read it, if you haven't read it, and you want to hear us talk about a really great story... Uh, by two creators in Rick Remender and Sean Gordon Murphy, who are at a very interesting point in their careers. Um, check that out. And, and thank you for uh, thank you to Bryant Wilson for the sub on YouTube. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Everything else at the Comics Pals. We've got a lot more show for you. We're not even close to being done. <sighs> Killed an hour. I love it. Ooh, just need one more like to hit the goal too. I should have said it higher, but these, these thirty, bro. You can't, yeah, I, you can't go back on it. I do want to say thank you before we move forward to the incredible pals that we have on our Patreon page. A special shout out to the best pals in the universe: Thunderstruck, Rebecca Alejandro, and the Hound of Justice, Atomic Hound. And of course, thank you to the Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott. Starcross Catherine Stars, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Neon Knight the Cosmic Avenger, and Super Shenran the Conqueror. Thank you all so much. You are absolutely beautiful, and we love you. 
That's two hands to count. Get two high fives. Feels good. Feels good. We're almost uh we're almost at our goal on Patreon, in fact, of twenty patrons, I think. So Yo. if you wanna help us reach our, our goal of twenty, then uh you know where to go. And we'll bang you for a buck. Wait, Whoa! Whoa. Three what? Bucks. <laughs> um, well, inflation. <laughs> We got we got some listener comments to tackle. So Tyler, why don't you take it away? Oh yeah. Oh god, I have so many windows open with TikTok and the friggin' YouTube. You want me to get it? Uh, I, I, got, I, I got also it. can get it. Yeah, I can right. get it too. I got it. I got it. I got it. Here I am. All right. So listener comments. Uh, some guy named Tom Account uh, said on the Tokyo Book uh, Tokyo Ghost Book Club. Love this video and how the discussion weaves between the story and art forms and the larger meta aspects of the story. A multi-layered discussion about a multi-layered book. Appropriate and appreciated. Thank you so much. That is very kind. Our discussions uh, are like onions, you know. Um, <laughs> they make us cry. Hellspawn, uh, zero five. Oh, damn. Yo, you remember that? Yeah, of course. Damn, what? that shit was that, that, my best work. I agree. Yeah, okay. Uh, Hellspawn oh. 5 on Tokyo Ghost Book Club. Uh, great discussion on an awesome series. A lot of the themes touched on in the book, and your discussion spoke to me that you can really talk about this for a long while. Keep up the awesome work, and the rec and a, for recommendation, I'll say the horror series, Green Wake. Green Wake. I haven't heard of that. I've heard of the I've Wake. Heard of I want to check it out now. Hellspawn, a longtime listener. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Name I. That's a name I haven't heard of in uh, in age. And do you, do you know Kale how we acquired this listener? It's in the name in a divorce. Right. I mean, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> the spawn reviews that we used to do. Right. That oh. we no longer are allowed to do. There's a J.H. William uh, cover coming out, so I'm just saying, if they get them on interiors, uh, whoever put that, you know, the kibosh on the spawn reviews might uh, be a little more lenient. Well, Whatever. The, the, and I just Googled Greenwake. Uh, Riley Rosmo on art. Oh. Curtis J. Weeb on... Oh, Curse Weeb. Okay, yeah. Rat Queen's writer. Oh, isn't he a... Uh, oh, isn't that bad? Uh, no. Yeah. No, isn't no, no, no. he a felon was for... Was it the artist? No, it was it was the artist. He There yeah, was okay. a domestic uh, issue. Um, yeah. But he's back on yeah, Rat Queen's for the uh, the final issue coming out in like a month. So That book is the still Unpals going? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is right. very infrequent. We will not be reviewing that on Palace. Rock Church. Uh, up Rock Church, yep. Rock up church, sorry. Rock yeah. up church, okay. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, Weeb was kind of just, you know. An unfortunate uh, bystander. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know the full story, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, real quick, I want to say thank you for all the complimentary words um, on the presentation. You guys are fantastic. Uh, Comic Boom says, I love how you guys choose to stay positive about comics, unlike other YouTubers. Who are riddled with relentless negativity. Thank you for all your hard work and discussions. Comic Boom, thank you. That is an incredibly kind thing to say. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think all of us have a very similar mentality when we look at comics. I think we're all genuine lovers, not to say that anyone else isn't. But uh, speaking for me, I'd rather approach it with like a positive yeah. outlook or at least like a non-skewed one. Because sometimes you just can't be positive about something. But, you know, I have depression. I don't need to be, you know, negative in the things I enjoy. You know, come on. Well, 
Unfortunately, I am riddled with relentless negativity. There's, just, I mean, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> you gotta about even it. it out. Yeah. It, it it takes the three of us to balance out kale. You know, yeah. like you gotta gotta weigh those things. I'm um, the diversity hire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, affirmative action doesn't exist anymore. So, well, uh oh. Speaking of shocking statements, um, Tyler, why don't you read the next comment? We got? Oh, sorry. I was. Uh, I noticed one of my books wasn't bagged and boarded, and ooh, I have ADHD. Ooh, can I, so I was can I do this it. one? Can I do this one? Uh, Mark, yeah. will you do it? All right. This one's from Manny on Discord. Uh, do the big two need a motivation for a direction? Like, say, 9-11 helped push the narrative in early 2000s, which defined that era. Not to say we need another 9-11, but motivation to have a through line or a stance on position. I don't think or can recall that happened recently. Like, I think there are constant messages against conservatism or systemic issues, but I find all that to be flat, stale, surface level, no game-changing dialogue. Could it be editorial? All right. I, I'm, I watch us on biker streams. I know we should not say that we need another 9-11 or we deserved it. So I'm not going <laughs> to touch that part of it. Uh, as he touches it. Yeah, as it's, the, <laughs> as it's the first thing he brings as, up. As he strokes it. <laughs> just like. Oop. Um, I, first of all, yeah, that's, that's absolutely wild. Um, <laughs> I I guess yeah I guess you could say that you know 911 for sure changed comics you know it changed all forms of media I think at least in terms of how people were discussing things it broke Frank Miller yeah it changed the whole world. country music um but you're asking do we you're asking why don't we have uh <laughs> <laughs> why what why don't we have a direction i think we do have a direction i think that if you're talking about the way that like the outside world influences comics i think it's it's there yeah um comics are very liberal um on the writing end the writers will do as much liberal leaning stuff as they're allowed to do um and that's cool unfortunately that is an appeal to everybody and mm -hmm. so i think on the editorial end, on the executive end, their responsibility at times is probably to curtail some of that. Um, you know, we know that the Luke Cage City on Fire book was canceled. Um, and, you know, people have different beliefs as to why. I, I have a pretty specific belief that it was canceled because they didn't want the heat that Hoche Anderson was about to bring um, because he was going to do what you're saying. He was going to tell a real story with game-changing dialogue um that's not flat or surface level but i agree with that i agree with the assessment that most comics are kind of surface level right now um i don't think that getting deeper has to be political necessarily and this is not me taking a stance on should comics be political or not i think that's just the nature of telling stories um at times but i do think that comics can go deeper there are layers that they can delve into that they often don't. And it is frustrating. And I mean, to, to the, to the book club we just did, right? Like there are books out there that do that. It's just whether or not they're at the right, uh, they're at a publisher where they feel like they could be as expressive about those things. And I'm yeah. sure for DC and Marvel, there are creators who want to, and want to push their, um, push out ideas and, and just like be able to share those with audiences. But to Sean's point, yeah, you gotta, 
like what is best for the dollar sort of becomes the priority as opposed to what is best for the, uh, uh, I guess, what is best for the story? What is best for the, a narrative? Well, not even that. I mean, even just the, you know, the wrong person in charge. Sure. You know, for how many years we've had a Trump donor in charge of, of uh, Marvel. You know, so uh, my answer to this was, was yeah, very similar. It's it's the corporation yeah. stuff. You know, you've got you've to water it down so that it is passable. Yeah, now that these are the, the you know, Marvel and DC, the big two, are, are owned by bigger corporations, you know, and conglomerates that we're not going to see that. I mean, 9-11 was kind of... Uh, I don't want to say special, but it was a very specific point. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. But like, where, where it was like, all right, it was kind of universally like, this is how we handle that. And I think, I think money for like the the Marvel issue where Doctor Doom cries, I think money went towards like uh, first responders and stuff like that. So yeah, um, there was you know stuff like that. Like um, I don't know. I just it, it would have to be more of a PR thing for something like that to happen. Um, do we need another holy terror? No, we don't. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we're getting it. It's just not getting it in big two. We're getting it in, you know, web comics, we're getting it in image books. Um, and it's a lot more subtext as well. I think. I also would argue that, um, you know, if you really look at the early two thousands and you look at what happened, um, post 9-11, there was a conservative wave. Yeah. It wasn't a liberal wave. Yeah. Um, things like Holy Terror that creatives and fans, you know, put down. Quality aside, I have no idea the quality. I've never read it. But just like the, the idea of the story, it's despicable to us now. But quite frankly, around that time, there are probably a lot of people that wanted to read that. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that that is the case. The mentality. Yeah. Well, and, and even even still, like, you know, like if you look at the Ultimates, that Captain America is, I mean, just short of that holy terror uh, style of, yeah. of hero, yeah. you know? It was clean. You know, it wasn't the the, the, the unhinged Frank Miller, but it you know, it, it, it was brutal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dan, Dan in the chat brings up a good, uh, or makes a good quote here. Just comics aren't deeper now than 20 years ago. It just feels that way because we remember the best ones. Then he clarifies uh, they weren't deeper before, but I'm not too sure. Uh, but I'm going to base it off the first one. I he meant like... they weren't deeper. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel, um, I feel like, he has his point salient that will remember those stories that stick out and with, uh, whether or not like day to day we see those kinds of stories populate in the pages of like Amazing Spider-Man or something else I think is less likely now I think in comics in general we're probably seeing an uptrend but I, I wonder if it's not just relegated to those two publishers or you know, the larger publishers um, outside of Image I mean, Spider-Man's tackling a very, very problematic issue currently. The cucking of straight white men is, is being... <laughs> well, 
the last thing I want to say on this is in response to what Dan said, and that's, you know, you don't have to go back, but seven years, less than a decade, certainly, to yeah. see that Marvel has changed. Yeah. If you look at Secret, um, I'm sorry, Secret Empire. Mm. Secret Empire was the last time that Marvel took a real genuine risk with its characters. And I don't think Miss Marvel dying was a risk. I think that's the safest thing you could do. But that was a risk. And the reaction, the backlash was so deep, so intense that they'll never do that again. They'll never swing like that again. There's too much on the line, in their opinion, and they don't want to turn people off. But if you look at decades prior, Captain America being a Nazi was not a new idea. That had already been done. And, you know, it's fine. But this wasn't fun. This led to people burning comics. So the world is different, and comics have reacted by recoiling. And when I say comics, I mean big two comics. By recoiling away from controversy instead of leaning into it like they did with drugs. Putting drugs and drug use in a comic in 70-whatever was a very controversial thing, but they did it because they didn't give a shit. The world is different. They did it too because drug safety was a big thing. That's when like Dare, you know, was introduced, you know, and that's when uh, the government put uh, crack into lower. Okay, well, we won't get into my thoughts on that. Uh, when was that done before? Jeez, uh, I, I I can't get into trying to find out when specifically, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that imagery before. Captain America mind controlled as a either an agent of hydra or a nazi yeah it definitely happened yeah the whole thing uh, with that too is that i don't think spencer even thought of it as cap being a nazi it was like no he's just the bad guy but then he just yeah. it snowballed you know he he wasn't a nazi like it, it's so it's so hard to explain and we've done this dance but like Hydra is not exactly a Nazi group, and sure, it's an analog. it was an, an analog. yeah, exactly. It was an analog, but they still had Nazis, you know. So right, yeah, yeah. right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I did. I we have to address though before we move too far forward from Manny, the fact that this man <laughs> went wild on our Discord this week and brought up the idea that Aunt May must die. He said that Peter Parker is begging for the death of his sweet old Aunt May <laughs> and that she is singularly responsible for keeping Peter from moving on. Now, our Discord exploded with this conversation. Phenomenal. <laughs> I got it to share incredible. some good Frank Cho art. Yeah. Yeah. N nasty <laughs> art. Nasty. That was nasty <laughs> work. Hold, we need Frank on. Cho on the show. It was... Uh, what was depicted was nasty, but it was phenomenal art. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and so I think we should do we should leave it to a poll. Just like just like DC decided to leave Jason Todd's fate to a poll. I think we should leave the fate of Aunt May to a poll right now on YouTube. If one of you lovely pals can, can you do you know how to do that. Uh, I don't even know how to do it. Um, I don't know if you do polls on YouTube, but it's fine. All right, fine. Live poll in the chat. Aunt May. Is is um Manny correct that Aunt May needs to go? Or should we keep Aunt May around? It's up to you. Whatever whatever we vote on is what's gonna happen. So we're going straight to the Marvel offices. 
We're taking that big old pencil that you used to make canon events. And... <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. There's a question going around that we thought was pretty interesting that we should tackle. And the question is, who is on the Mount Rushmore of comics? What characters are on the Mount Rushmore of comics? Now, I think it was Batman, Superman, Hulk, right? No, Batman, Superman, and Spider Man. Yeah, and w- wasn't Wolverine on there too? No, that's no. the the fourth spot is what people are debating. Okay, debating. yeah. So Batman, Superman, Spider Man, and who is the fourth? Now, first of all, does anybody dispute those three? No, no. I mean, if we're talking superheroes, no. Right. Yeah. Fucking Mickey Mouse is on there too, but if we're not talking about them, ooh, we got a poll up. Hey yo, I figured it out. There you it go. made dead or alive. I know my vote. All right. Well, I'm voting alive because there's just no reason. To, she, she, she's going to die of old age down the line. No, she won't. Not with a t- sliding time scale. All right. That's true. I love seeing this bounce like in real oh, time right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You got 12 volts already. What is dead? 67% dead already dead. within, yeah. all within 10 seconds. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's the, it's the film arc of uh, uh arc of emotion you know a character has his wants and his needs peter doesn't want aunt may to die but peter needs aunt may to die and someday <laughs> those are gonna come to a a, a, a a in conflict and he's gonna have to grow he's gonna have to oh my god we got a super chat from top lane thank you so much buddy he says if Aunt May dies, we know Manny used some Twitter bot spammer to put that old lady down. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, my God. You guys are brutal. <laughs> CW Gordon, just Google that Frank Cho art. Can I change my vote? <laughs> to what? This isn't, yeah, this, right? this, this this isn't, this isn't Ooh, a fuck, Mary kill. This is a dead or alive. She, she's a viral specimen. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get that some is... of them wheat cakes. Oh, you think she has the wagon? No, no, she makes wheat cakes. She uh Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Sean. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were saying she was pulling a dump truck. Yeah. I don't think she got a she CDL. Got that old lady booty. I don't I don't think she's got a CDL. I've seen those. When you walk listen, I live in <laughs> I I live in Upper Manhattan. I almost doxed myself. I live in Upper Manhattan, okay? And all I see are Dominican and Puerto Rican people. And yeah. these older women. Yes. It, it it doesn't even compute in my brain when you see this. You I'm not even going to go into it all, but like it's Aunt May could have the wagon. We don't she, know. We it's unconfirmed. She's Jewish though. She's a Jewish white lady like That's okay. Mm. That's okay. Things change. Gilps exist. Aurora <laughs> snakes. Hey, listen. Aunt May could be on that list. Now, who is on the list <laughs> of the Mount Rushmore of <laughs> superhero fat, Oh, oh, oh we're talking oh. about that now? <laughs> we're going from um, rock hard to rock wall on this. What about what about Aunt May's BBL? <laughs> <laughs> Just injected full of web fluid. Doc Ock hit her with that BBL when they were together. He was like, you know what? You need to you need a bigger butt. 
All right. He's got he's got the ability. He has the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he gave it to himself first. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Spider Man, Batman, and Superman uncontested, right? Sure. I'm agree in agreement with that. Yeah. Who is the fourth? Goku. <laughs> what the heck? Wait, in comics? Comics. Western. Goku. Let's, oh, let's, sorry. Yeah, Western, Western superhero comics. Superhero comics. I uh, people people <laughs> people want it to be Wonder Woman, but it's not. It's just not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why? Because I still I I do feel like it's Wonder Woman. I think I think even even DC wants it to be Wonder Woman. It's just not. Where what what how is she relevant? The I don't most think... relevant she's been in the past two decades is Gal Gadot. I don't think she needs to be relevant to still be iconic. Like, like you, you, you think of a, f- uh, a female superhero, it's Wonder Woman, right, right off the it's bat. A, but it's her job to be iconic. Sure. It's her job to be iconic. It's all of their jobs to be iconic. Yeah, Superman, is... Batman, and Spider-Man are known by people who don't even know superheroes. I would say Wonder like, Woman's another it's one. It's like people on a, in a fucking cave in India know who Columbo is. Do they? Yeah. You can find that in Peter, Peter Falk's uh, biography. Oh, interesting. Damn. All right, Kale. I'm going to say Capitan America. Because I think the shield is iconic. I think what mm-hmm. the character stands for, I think, outside of the, the States makes sense is like this is a way to visualize <laughs> what it stands for tyranny outside the states <laughs> well yeah. you know but but i think i think the it's a classic enough character that has become popular enough it's it's been revitalized to the extent that it, I, it probably becomes that character the way i'm uh, thinking about this ahead. is when you look at a a, a pack of bootleg superhero action figures Who's going to be in that? That's great. I think it's, it's a great way to think about it. I think it's, you're going to see Superman, you're going to see Batman, you're going to see Spider-Man. That, that's the yeah. Avengadores, you know, like one of those things. And I feel like Wonder Woman would be one of them. But I think the other options would be Wolverine and Hulk. And uh, maybe now Iron Man. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I could see Iron Man. I think Iron Man lacks iconography. You know, like Wonder Woman, you can see the logo, you can see Lasso Truth. Iron Man is just like a whole package. I think so. He's got the mask. Mm, I guess. Or the, the, robot. the reactor. I think, uh, I think uh, the movie sealed that. Mm-hmm. So you think if you show someone a reactor, they'd be like, oh, that's Iron Man. I bet that would be the first guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I think Cyborg, actually. You're but on the show, not. Marco. What are you? Yeah. But you're talking about like, like, like the silhouette logo, Yeah. The, the, the chest no. piece, the reactor. Wait, just, we, just it, the reactor in his chest. It actually couldn't be a, a silhouette based on the definition of a silhouette. Yeah. Do you mean a black circle? No, that's not what I mean. Oh. <laughs> Some people in the chat are saying uh, Robin. Interesting. Oh, I can see that. It is kind of snot. Batman Robin. You know, just. Okay. Ooh. Have you guys ever heard the phrase Hulk out? It's Hulk. I think it's Hulk. Oh, come on. It's, Hulk I is believe, such a, I, yeah. I believe it's Hulk. Hulk is it, Hulk is extremely popular. In the way that like band-aids are popular. What? Every everybody yeah. knows who the Hulk is. 
and they understand the Hulk without ever having read anything Hulk related whatsoever. Everybody can tell you exactly who the Hulk is. They know he's Bruce Banner and they know he's a dude who gets pissed and he turns into a green monster. Everybody knows that. The Hulk TV show was hugely popular. That character concept of a man who gets angry and gets huge is that's timeless. That that there's like we've seen that kind of thing in in history, like pre-comics, you know? Um, yeah, Hyde. yeah, exactly. So I think Hulk is a character who is, in a way, um, another example in a long legacy of characters like him. He's just the one that Marvel has. So to me, in comics, Hulk is the fourth. Naruto Uzumaki. Thank you, Classy. <laughs> uh, we, got a, we got a super chat from, wow. uh, from a Tom account saying, uh, doesn't the FF deserve a spot given their importance to the dawn on Marvel? I'm going with Ben Grimm. Great discussion. Thank you for the 999 Super Chat Atomic Hound. I mean, Ben Grimm would be an easy one to put on a rock wall. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the 999 Super Chat for that completely wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but no, actually, no, never mind. It's clobbering time is iconic, and I feel like that's transcended comics. I mean, but, yeah. I watch wrestling, so, yeah. But yeah. Hulk smash, but, too. The, the pro yeah, the problem is that it transcended comics, but not everybody can relate it back to its origin. Whereas people yeah. who say Hulk Smash or you know he went in Hulk mode or anything like that, they know yeah. what they're saying. Well, people who are into bondage shows like uh, Wonder Woman's iconography. I, I don't I even feel like Wonder Woman is in the top three iconic characters in her own publishing company. Yeah, because it's Harley bro. Quinn, not Wonder Woman. I, I have oh. a really hard time not giving the spot to Harley Quinn. Oh, that's a good yeah. point. I don't think the mm. Wonder Woman argument can hold up against the fact that she's not in the top three of her own publication. Harley Ooh. did have a Fortnite skin before Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I think you might be right on that one. Mm. Shit, I changed my answer. Forget, forget Captain America. Harley <laughs> Quinn. I, I, honestly, I would put Harley Quinn there before Captain America. Yep. All right, can we ban Catherine real quick? She said, uh, damn, I was going to say Morbius. Oh, man. my God. I just <laughs> man, permanently banned. <laughs> psionic attack. Your psionic still, uh, in the comics, my favorite way of, like, phrasing something psychic. Um, so what are, what are all our answers here? I'm, I still Hulk. think, I still think Wonder Woman. Like, that's just my Hulk. gut. No, Harley, I think. So, to, uh, Sean, you're talking Red Hulk, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> From your favorite uh, uh, run with uh, Jeff Loeb and uh, Ed McGinnis. Dude, I'd rather be in a submarine that was going nowhere but the bottom <laughs> and read the Red you Hulk see, um, run again. You see Virgin Galactic is doing their first uh, 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 com commercial space travel uh, yeah. for $450,000. Like yeah. I'm like, yo, yeah, Virgin Galactic has the chance to do something hilarious right now. They, they've had that for a while. Oh, oh my not. god, dude! I'd rather be on a spaceship with fucking William Shatner at Jeff Bezos, bro, than read Red Hulk. Did you see when he came back down and William Shatner's having this huge moment, and then Jeff Bezos just interrupts it? He I just like it. steps in. Ah, oh, I never hated that guy more. Um, we have some some requests for a uh, villains version of this, but I think maybe we can. Oh, that's fun. Save we'll that. Do that uh, yeah, yeah we'll we'll do that next it. week. Um, Hulk concept is so easy to recognize and understand. Wonder Woman doesn't have that. Only her lasso. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think um, there is a generation to whom Wonder Woman is like everything. And I love the fact that Wonder Woman, you know, is who she is for young girls and things like that. But I think her most popular years are behind her, unfortunately. <clears throat> uh, Harley Quinn is becoming that new character. And so I can't really see putting her on a Mount Rushmore. Not that it's an unreasonable decision, though. It's not... I, I'm not going to say you're crazy for giving yeah. that answer. There, there's one character, too, we haven't mentioned that is the stock is rising, and that's uh, Black Panther. Swamp thing. Oh. Black Panther, ah, also known I as think, Shuri. Why would you bring up – why would you do that with Chillmonger in the chat? Hello, That's why I did. Check out Chill's YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I saw Chillmonger in there. I'm like, oh, what can I do here? What can I do? You're trying to start w- yeah. World War Three, man? Yeah, T'Challa. Oh. Uh, that's, the, that's the Black Panther, right? The second T'Challa. <laughs> The T'Child. <laughs> All right, we got to move on, but this has been an incredibly fun conversation. You guys in chat are... I think our poll is done, though. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so... Yikes. Oh, she did. So the poll result is 79% for Aunt May being dead. So, Manny, you get your wish. Aunt May is cooked. There are a lot of people that are in this chat that just have no souls that want the death of the elderly. I don't understand it. I voted alive. As long as Aunt May is alive, Peter Parker will be a teenager sitting at her table. No matter how old he is. And that's just, that's not good for growth. Honestly, I would have voted the same if the the question was Peter dead or alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uncle Ben, dead or alive. I thought that whole family. No, I bring Uncle Ben back, but everyone else be dead. Dan says, my grandma knew Wonder Woman. So does my son. We don't know if Harley can sustain that. If this was 89, we'd be arguing about the Punisher. I can't tell you what I'd be saying in 89. um, (laughs) But in 89, I'd probably be talking about the Hulk. I can't. I can tell you what I would be saying in 89, and that's Goo Goo Gaga. (laughs) Only just born. Oh, shit, you were alive? I wasn't even in my dad's balls. Actually, I was. That's a total... What's, uh, a re- what's, what's the retention for lives? Never mind. We don't need to get into... <laughs> right. This isn't a science podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is a, allegedly a comics podcast. So speaking of which, we're going to talk about movies now. Because Superman Legacy has cast its Superman and its oh. Lois Lane. Did not hear this. That I don't know how. Um, <laughs> I'm trapped in uh, the office all day. Marco, it is insane to me how untapped in your your social media feeds are to like comic book stuff. Right. Like not it, comics broke me, didn't even touch you. Like 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 the the art and like the appreciation aspect of it and like the craft, but then anything delving into like the the inner workings of social whatever. It's okay. your algorithm is bonkers to me. Yo, um, you yeah, because you stay on social media, but yeah, somehow I'm, you I'm don't. I'm on it, but my my shit avoids my shit avoids negativity. Mine's like, oh, look at this great stuff. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Nice. Well, some people think it's amazing that we have found the people who will be playing Superman and Lois. Uh, after a very long search, we have David Sweat. And Rachel Brosnahan, who will be playing Superman and Lois, respectively. Uh, Corrin Sweat 
is some, well, frankly, I've never heard of either one of these individuals. But is it, it is corn sweat. Corn I sweet, think, I think. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. I think it's corn, corn sweet. Way. David Corn sweet. Sounds maybe British. I think he's British. Um. So what's he done? Who is he? Uh, he was in House of Cards for a beat. Uh, I think you're talking about Rachel Brosnahan. Oh, she was in yes. House of Cards. Yeah, no, I'm she, not. I'm, they were I'm both in House about, of Cards. Yeah, because she was that. She was the first. Uh, she was a reporter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was great in that. Um, he has been an actor since he was a child. He was in a variety of things at that time. Um, he was in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, they were both were. The, the the show, um, and the politician. So, you know, and he was in We Own This City from HBO, which was fantastic. So this uh, is his first yeah. major film. Oh, sick. Yep. And, and you know what? This is what I wanted. Yeah. This is exactly what I wanted. Because these days of getting these major actors to be in these roles, it's, it, to me personally, I'm not into it. Because a lot of times you get so sucked into who the actor is mm. that you lose the authenticity of the character that they're supposed to be bringing to the table. If you go back to the cast of the Avengers, like the the, the initial like Marvel superhero team, um, those were not like household names. I think the Nick Fury or Samuel Jackson was, <laughs> <laughs> there but. Go, there we go. Like, Robert Downey Jr. was a well-known-ish actor from a bygone era who was disgraced. Right, right. And everybody else, I mean, Chris, Chris, uh, what's his name? Evans. Evans was doing, like, <laughs> both Chris's. Yeah, they were doing nothingness. Yeah. Not they were doing smaller movie. things. I mean, Fantastic yeah. Four, but. Right. Um, yeah. I, th- I would say Scarlett Johansson, probably pretty big. Uh, she was the biggest. But Jeremy Renner? Yeah. No, not really. Mark Ruffalo? Uh, Rom-coms? Yeah, he was yeah, more of an like indie actor. Were, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they 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 hadn't yet gone to like yeah, let's grab Christian Bale, you know, post Dark Knight. Let's you know, let's grab all these famous people. Yeah. Like that wasn't the way they were, they were C maybe B. Um, and I, I think, think it tra- works. Go ahead. Traditionally, Superman actors have always been kind of nobodies. Right, Henry Cavill wasn't uh, sure. like a big deal. I don't know if Christopher Reeves was, but I don't, I don't think, think he was. So. I don't think so. Right. Yeah. Maybe people in the chat can tell us, but yeah. Um I'm I, you know what? I'm in I'm into this. Yeah. I'm into this. I think they did a good job. As far as like I mean, Corn Sweat looks like Henry Cavill to me. I see the parallels. Frankly, they should have picked Nicolas Cage. I mean, oh, hey, Lex no. Luthor. Let's let's do it. Um, Please don't. I just, I just like how Nicholas Holt uh, is now the first actor to not get both Batman and Superman, <laughs> and having tried out for both of them. He must, yo, he must be seething. Honestly, I think he'd be a good Lex. Like, I'm curious wow. to see who who, who we get as Lex because I, I, I think people have been testing for Lex Luthor. We know Lex will be in this. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, James Gunn's also said that Corin Sweat's uh, 29, I believe, right? Um, 30. He's uh, July eighth was his birthday, so happy birthday! Oh, good for him. Um, great, he must be having a good birthday <laughs> this time. Um, but Superman will be that age, so this is you know Superman has been around a while, so uh, Lex has to be kind of already uh, established. 
Um, but I honestly, think... out of the two castings, I'm, I'm more excited for Rachel Brosnahan. I thought she was great in House of Cards. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at her face, I remember her more from that yeah. show. And yes, she was absolutely one of my faves. So She was, she was the one that What's-His-Face got obsessed with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Minus the Kevin Spacey stuff. Like, the yikes. Uh, that's a great show. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was good stuff. Um, casting is one thing. You know, uh, we obviously scripts, a director, you know, all of those things working together are what make a great movie. But this is a good first step. Well, it's really the second step because James Gunn was the first step. And that's a great first step. Dude, she's Miss Maisel. Yeah. That's, and Marvelous that's Miss Maisel. crazy. Yeah. I, she's absolutely incredible. I'm even more excited now. I've only watched a little bit of that, but from what I've oh. seen, yeah. Tyler, that's, that's your show, dude. I know Phenomenal. it's down my alley. I know. Classy Ulysses says, Superman fans is eating good comics, movie casting, and adventures with Superman cartoon. Yeah. True, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right, yeah. I haven't bugs. caught it yet, but... Uh, Superman bugs. has a, uh, uh, a Sailor Moon-esque transformation in that show, so... No way, really? It's magical almost girl? identical. It has magical girl transformation. Yeah. That's pretty rad, actually. And voiced by Jack Quaid, who I really enjoy. So. Oh. So yeah, I mean, we're we're still a ways away from actually seeing this movie, but this is this is good news. And uh, you know, as we get more information about who will be um, playing Lex and you know Jimmy Olsen and different characters like that. This movie will start to take shape for us. Um, but I'm so far so good. I'm pleased. Yeah. Good cast. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Let's talk distillery. Back in the news? Yeah. Man, I do, I do be missing shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we know about the Devil's Cut. That is the uh, anthology book that's going to introduce the founding creators at Distillery and give us an idea of what's going to be happening. And now we know that eight of the 11 stories that will be featured in The Devil's Cut, which is an 88-page uh, premium one-shot, uh, eight of those will become full ongoing series. So this is a, it's a, it's a pretty incredible list of creators I'm going to rattle off the, the book titles and the creative team. So these, all of this will be in the Devil's Cut, and then all of them will spin off into their own series throughout 2023 and 2024. So we have Spectagraph by James Tinian, James Tynan, uh, Christian Ward and Aditya Bidikar, Shepard by Mark Bernardin, Ariella Christiantina, Lee Lowridge, and Bernardo Bryce. Oh, Lee Lowridge. Yeah. Eight Rules to Make It Out in One Piece by Elsa Chartier. I always get that wrong. Elise Chartier. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You can say her name from Damn. now on. Um, P.K. Collinette, Nick Filardi, and Clayton Cowles. A Blessed Day by Mirka Andolfo. That's, I love Mirka. Mm. Uh, Fabio <laughs> Emilia. I wonder why. You know why. <laughs> um, Arcansia Studio and Steve Orlando. The oh. Stowaway by Jock. So a Jock solo adventure. Deleted Scene 2 by Brian Azzarello, Eduardo Riso, and Jared K. Fletcher. White Boat 
by Scott Snyder, Francesco Francavilla, and World Design, and Tyler Jens. That's a great, great that's a great team. creative team. There nice is some art for that as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah? It's got tentacles. Oh, sick. Gang, gang. What Blighted Flame Burns in Thee by Becky Cloonan, Tula Lote, who we just, we just, you know, really saw do some interiors and barnstormers. Man, was she cooking. And Richard Starkings. Man, can't we just get Becky on interiors again? Like, I I miss Becky Cloonan art. Uh, I feel the same way, Tyler. I have Becky Glenar behind me on my wall. You can kind of see it a little bit over there. It's behind a door. But, yeah, like, I love that shit. Do you guys care about this? Yes. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Kale was just winding that one up. Um, I don't know what yet. Do you mean? Yeah. Uh, I, think it, I think the teams are good. I think on paper, it seems fine. Um, but that's, a, that's the problem. Sure. I mean, it's too nebulous right now. On paper, a lot of the Scott Tober stuff looked good too, but it was very samey. Um, so I think, this, I think this. I think. Oh, I think it's 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 uh, for the craft it, that it is is good. But I think reading them back to back, they're a little samey. Um, I think that this uh, distillery, the one shot or whatever, that's essentially the now we see is a sampler of what's to come. Yeah. Um, has the potential to be like a like a. TGI Friday's Tex-Mex Tower from the 90s, you know, where, like, every layer is pretty good, you know, and I'm excited to see those. Um, I'm constantly thinking about this, the, the TGI Friday's Tex-Mex Tower from the 90s, so. Um, appetizer sampler. But, yeah, it could be good. Oh, well. There's that old catchphrase. Um, you said all those words just to end up saying it could be good? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> comics, comics pal staple. Uh, um, I'm excited for it. I... Any anything any new book out on the stands, I think, is going to be awesome. And they provide preview images, and the art's solid. I trust a lot of these writers, so I feel like the words are going to be solid as well. Um, I don't know. I'm hopeful. And you can tell, you can see, like, the individual art pieces and be like, oh, that's this person, that's this person. They're ordered, too, but even, even off bat, you can you can tell who's drawing what, and it all looks phenomenal. The lead yeah. scene looks like a western. I'm I'm excited for the creative teams and and whatnot, but yeah. I'm not feeling it from you, Sean. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm trying to generate hype for myself, but the truth is that there are a lot of publishers, mm. and other than Tula Lote. I see all these people pretty much all the time. That's yeah. You can, uh, there are a lot of publishers and all of these creators have a lot of books at all of those publishers, which is kind of what I was trying to say to Rom when we discussed distillery, but it, yeah. And notice he's not on that list. Right. right. Yeah. yeah mm. And I'm not sure why that is, but it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. You're telling me they're going to launch with eight ongoings and not and Rom V's name's not there, so you know that he's gonna have something too. Um, that's a lot. I wonder if his is just explicitly not an ongoing. You know, it could also just not be ready yet. It might not be ready for this, for the Devil's Cut. Are they? Do we do we have a release dates? No. Okay. We only oh. know that 
the Devil's Cut itself will be out in August. And that's the anthology. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, hmm. We'll see. I, I think it's going to be hard to the to that point on the the saturated market. Like maybe maybe like for the artists that I really want to see, Rodo Riso and Tula Lote. Uh, but otherwise. Man, I don't know. So, uh, there needs to be really good buzz about a lot of these books for me to decide. Okay, I'm gonna go jump in. How, how soon? Even, how soon until we hear that Distillery partnered with a, a production company? Um, yeah, these are yeah. really just IP farms. Yep. Hmm. And even and even like Marco said something. I completely forgot what he was gonna say. Anyway, what uh, do we know? What the other three titles in the in the in that book are at all no so then where are the new creators hmm. there hasn't been any promise of that and i i think that's you know that's one of the consistent complaints that we have made about these initiatives uh atomic hound referenced um substack and yeah. that was a problem that we had with substack when you look at this list yeah. you know we know every name on it and that's a great way to sell a book, obviously. There's sure. no, you know, I'm not going to argue against that. But I have two questions. One, other than feeding the mouths of people who are already fed in comics, and I'm not counting people's money, I'm just saying we know these people make a lot of books and they're very popular. So other than yeah. them, who will this serve? And also, what what is the pay scale for the people on this list who are not founders? Because there are a lot of people here. So what I'm very curious as to how that's all working. We can see the money. This is crowdfunding. And by crowd, I mean people with bread. I mean executives. I mean people that have contributed to distillery's existence. You cannot buy this many talented, high-paid creators right out the gate as a new publisher without some heavy-duty funding. What's the cost of that money? We don't know yet. It'll yeah. reveal itself in time. I don't want to be a downer about this, but I do have some concerns about distillery. But in terms of stories, yes. I'm sure they will be great. Be I don't mind being a downer about it. I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, uh, I yeah, I think this will be Substack. So, Sean, I know you, you, you have, you signed up for Snyder Substack, right? Yeah. Have any of you guys signed up for anyone's Substack? Uh, I, I was on Snyder's. I finally gave that up. I'm on Chips Narski's. Okay. And a couple other people's, uh, uncomic related. Yeah. I think I have, I have the notifications for manga explaining, but that's unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hope this isn't another distillery because distillery comics feel like they're another in the, Substack. I'm sorry. Uh, Substack. Um, they feel like they're just sequestered somewhere. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if they get printed, I read them. If they don't, I won't. Yeah, especially like we have um, art from Frankavia on the on the YouTube right now, but all of their promo art looks like um, Frankavia, at least Frankavia designed inspired. 
that seems to be the majority. I think that, that the distillery one, they've had a couple different covers with different artists, but interior art, the only one I can find is the Frank Avila one. I just like, I don't know, man, that doesn't, it's good art, but it just doesn't do anything for me. You know, these giant D's everywhere. The, the, the article. Muzurama article has some interiors. Um, yeah, all interior, one page from each of the books yeah. that got announced. Yeah. And in, in that respective order as well. Yep. So if you're if you're wanting that, you should take a look. The art's real good. That two little tear. Of course it is. The Whew. end. Yep. Eduardo Riso. Hell yeah. I I I'd wonder if you're actually. I'm not even gonna ask this. I'm, I figure it's gonna be a no kill. So. Let's hear it. Uh, would your opinion change if you saw how Bob some of this art was? I'm looking at it right now. Nope. Uh, no. <laughs> because uh, one, what am I looking at? And two, like, you know, the stuff that. Ah, if this, if this, this black and white page is this Lotte? Yeah, the last pretty, one. That's pretty fire. <laughs> <laughs> but I just none of this, like you know, all of the people attached to it are all people I know. You know, Dan. Dan makes a great point. He says to creators it may be a new type of deal, but to readers it's just a new publisher. And I think that's yeah. that's where our sort of apathy is coming from, and that. It would be like anybody else announcing a new slate of books. It's just right. more books. Like it's great for the creators, hopefully, but for us, it's comics, and you know we'll see if they're good or not. We'll talk about them on Palsables. Comics as usual. See right. you, baby. Um, Tyler, let's skip the next one, okay? Let's roll okay. right into uh, San Diego Comic Con, which is experiencing what everybody calls uh, a, uh, a downturn, if you will. A pullout game. A crisis. A pullout game. That's a, great, uh, that's a great way to put it. Because all the major studios are pulling out of SDCC this year. Um, Disney is out. So Marvel and Lucasfilm will not be represented. Even though they have a whole slate of things coming out over the next couple of years that they may or may not have material to show for. Disney is out. DeSantis was right. <laughs> Push into uh, the agenda. H <laughs> HBO is out. Max is in. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. But how HBO can be out, but Max can be in is beyond me. Probably Peacemaker and that new Superman show. I bet you it's just a Superman show, honestly. So Could be. HBO, uh, well, okay, so with Max, what we know that they have coming up um, is Adventure Time, a new Adventure Time series. Um, okay. Young Love. Oh, that's interesting. We just saw that. That's title. a DC property. Uh, they got the new Velma and then DC's Creature Commandos and some other things that are whatever. Um, so those things are all upcoming, so you can expect that they'll be talking about some amount of that. Sony. Sony Pictures out of San Diego Comic-Con. Of course, they have Madam Web, they've got Craven, you know, Beyond the Spider-Verse, all movies that, you know. You telling me nobody's going to be there to talk about Madam Web? Oh, no. <laughs> Man, no Dakota Johnson is like a big hit for me, honestly. No Sydney Sweeney. Also out 
is Universal Pictures. We're not going to learn about the future of the Monsters verse. <laughs> and when I'm going to make that same joke. <laughs> I was hyped for that kind of. I wish. I was too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big Universal Monsters fan. The, the Dark Universe is that what the it was? The Dark Universe. Yeah, yeah, dark yeah. Universe. Yeah. Man, that was going to be that was going to be so cool. That picture lives rent free in my head. 100 of <laughs> yeah. all those actors together. There's a Twitter happened. account that only exists to retweet that the day when they announced it every year. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Um, Netflix is out. And when, oh. I say, when I say out, I mean like they don't have a panel or anything like that. They may or may not have a booth. But in most of the cases that I've cited, they don't. Netflix will have a booth, likely. Um, hmm. Warner Brothers Pictures, they pulled out um, of the like DC stuff. So James Gunn's DC will not be represented at San Diego Comic-Con. Let it cook. Let it cook. Yeah, just let that sit. Frankly, I agree. Um, There are a whole other... I'm not going to go down the whole list. Those are the ones that are really important to us. There's a whole bunch of other ones that are either in or out, but mostly out of San Diego Comic-Con. Now, there's a great reason for this, like a logical reason, which is the strike. Yeah, right. So, you know, they might not have been able to film over the last couple of months and, and progress with uh, these, you know, these properties. So they don't really have anything to show. On top of that, they might not want to bring attention to the fact that they're talking about these things while there's an active strike. And also, like, why hype something up when you don't really know when it's ever going to come out, honestly, at right. this point? Or, or how it's going to change, even. Exactly. And if the well, studio I mean, can... If the studio can afford to like, or, or or can save money by not doing this, you know, fuck it. And on top of all that, the um, the various bombs that DC's put out lately, you know. Quite frankly, yeah, they might want some time away from all that. And and I and I stand by what I've said. I think James Gunn and David Zaslav have talked too much, and I think it's time to just stop. And San Diego Comic Con is not the place to go if you don't have footage. If all you're gonna do is talk. Don't go. Anytime you say that, Sean, I just think of the botchmania. You talk too much around DMC uh, soundbite. <laughs> 100%, dude. Um, but you know who's in for San Diego Comic-Con? Marvel, DC Comics, Image Comics, Boom, Dark Horse, Distillery, all these publishers. And, and, and ones I haven't named. A ton of publishers. Happy days. That San Diego Comic-Con is no longer beholden to these studios. They sold themselves out mm -hmm. to allow Hollywood to overtake an event that was already big and was about comics. So let's get back to that. That's a great thing. I'm down for that. We don't need, we never needed Hollywood. Yeah, the movies mm -hmm. that were based on comics... But we don't need every single studio to be at these conventions to make them worth going to. They're worth going to because comics are there and people will show up. They can have their own fandoms instead. It's a hot ass ticket. Yeah. The thing is, like, I don't have an urge to ever go to San Diego Comic Con because of that. You know? Yeah. It is just, nope. it just it just reeks of just being the most commercial thing ever. Where like to do anything cool, you have to wait in line the entire day. Like, that's why I prefer New York Comic Con. Even then, they're kind of skewing 
the wrong direction for me. Like for me, special edition year Comic Con was the best convention I ever went to, uh, because it was so comic focused, so creator focused, so art focused. Um, if we can get a little bit of that back to San Diego Comic Con, eh, could be good. Shit, I said it again. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Put more of a spotlight on comics. Let let's have a a, a comic book publisher get a Hall H presentation. Mm. You know, let's yep. let's go back to that. It works. It works. That's a hot ticket. People will buy a ticket to San Diego Comic Con way before they know who's who's there and who's not there. Yeah, they could, they could put, put a spotlight onto Marvel announcing the new Miss Marvel creative team. Zeb Wells. <laughs> J.R. Sean, we will be what reading. Hell yeah. Uh I am excited to see what this iteration of SDCC looks like. As excited as I can get for that event. Fair. I I worry that it will be a wet fart. <laughs> and I I want to be clear, I desperately want Comic-Con to be about comics and not movies. My worry is that Marvel and DC with the uh with the studios backing out they're not going to have anything to show. So you're afraid that the comics end is just going to sound like a wet fart. Yeah. Were you playing something that you're excited to hear? <laughs> yeah, I was playing the moan bark fart sound. I guess you guys don't get it. I think oh, yeah, yeah. gets it though. Do that. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I I laugh at that every single time. <laughs> well, Marvel and DC, for their for their part, have announced what they will be doing at San Diego Comic Con. Um, mm. It's you know it's what you would expect. It, you know they've got the CB Sabolsky panel that they do every year, um, which is gonna it's gonna uh, right. include Joe Casada, which is pretty cool. So they'll okay. be they'll be teaming up for a convo. Is it a Cup of Joe re- reunion sort of? Uh, it's not labeled a cup of Joe. It's Marvel fanfare with C.B. Cebulski, but longtime fans will, of course, know about the legendary cup of Joes. And those were the ones where they announced the stuff. So yeah. interesting. Okay. Um, they've got a lot of panels. The next big thing panel, Women of Marvel panel, you know, the kind of stuff you would expect. Nothing groundbreaking, but I don't think that, you know, the groundbreaking thing will be what they announce potentially, not the name of the panel, you know. And DC, Dan, the other part, is doing a similar thing. Dan highlights sort of what I'm getting at here. He says, uh, I hate overstuffed cons, but what will the exit of Hollywood money do to the comics market? And I don't I don't think this is an exit of Hollywood money because obviously we still have a crap ton of stuff coming, coming down the pipe. I think it's just going to be a, you know, a matter of our – are the comics going to be as prepared as maybe they should be when right. the focus is on them? Well, the good thing is that uh, comics don't have a union, so they don't have to worry about strikes. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that people who love comic book conventions, right? Like, we see it in New York. Yeah, there's Hollywood stuff there. It's there. It's cool. And it's big. It's not. It's, I'm not saying that like it's not big in New York, but you have the major Marvel uh, booth, a huge booth. You have a lot of people running around in cosplay, and it's really fun and exciting. 
And if you're a comic book fan, you can have a full experience without having to be overtaken by all the Hollywood stuff. I've looked at pictures of San Diego Comic-Con. I'm like, oh my God. I, I like I can't even see a, a, a comic book um anything. Yeah. Um, do I think Hollywood money is leaving comics? Not at all. I think there's there are Hollywood reasons why they're pulling out, not this doesn't work for us anymore, brother. Reasons why they're pulling out. Um, it's a wrestling reference. They'll be back next okay. year. Yeah, Hollywood will be you. back. I got you. <laughs> another awesome. reason Hulk is on the Mount Rushmore there, you know, with the uh... <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yep. Mount Rushmore of leaked videos. <laughs> oh, There's probably some truth to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah. So much to shame me, brother. Yeah, so, Kim, Kim K, Paris Hilton, and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> What's the fourth one? Uh, that that uh, that uh, that snuff film of the guy in the in the Chinese factory. Oh, okay, thank Fucking you what? very much. Let's move on. I guess it's my fault. <laughs> and let's talk about Deadpool three. Let's go. Deadpool three. Go ahead. Oh, uh, okay. Oh. If we have to, <laughs> he's like, sure. Deadpool three is not a movie that I'm terribly excited for. The Deadpool movies are fine to me. Mm. Uh, this one, though, will feature Wolverine in a Deadpool-Wolverine team-up type story. Hugh Jackman. Are, Hugh Jackman, yes, absolutely. Worth pointing out. And there have been a lot of rumors about who else will be in this movie. We've heard rumors all week and last week about Ben Affleck returning to reprise his role as Bat... Oh, sorry. As Daredevil, if you could believe that shit. Yeah, Darefleck doesn't have the same ring to it. No. Um, although, I will say the extended cut of Daredevil is solid. Um, anyway. We've heard rumors about other actors from the Fox universe of, of, of uh, Marvel movies potentially reprising their roles, certain X-Men and things like that. Fantastic Four actors. Now we have confirmation of one of them. We know that Jennifer Garner will return in the role of Electra, according to the Hollywood Reporter. It's confirmed now. And that opens the floodgates. What? That opens the floodgates. And it leads me to my next point, which is this movie now taking shape to probably be Deadpool kills the Fox universe. Yeah. That's so funny. I think you, you have to do the Fantastic Forecast. Like, you have to bring yeah. Chris Evans back just to, like, even if it's for, like, a Brad Pitt, you know, Deadpool 2 style quick cameo. Um, Deadpool makes a Captain America joke. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited for this now. I want to see Deadpool oh. kill my entire childhood. Let's do it. Come on. Did you guys see the costume? The Deadpool costume? From the set? No. It is. Like it is. Costume. But it's very comic accurately colored. Like, it's, it's like, all right, we're just going to do bright red. It's, he's got the, he's got the teleporter, I think, on him, too. Um, so. And that's going to be the Marvel effect, if you ask me. Yeah. 
that's going to be Marvel not being ashamed of their characters being comic book characters, mm-hmm. whereas no one will ever be able to convince me that Fox was happy that these were characters from the comics. <laughs> Sean, did you see the other r- rumor that uh, Wolverine will be in blue and yellow? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Oh, yeah? yeah. Th- this kind of feels like they're doing Cable Deadpool, the mm. the really good... Um, oh, geez, who, who was on that book at the time? It was during the Civil War era, um, yeah. but yeah. with Wolverine and Deadpool instead. So, mm-hmm. I just I want so badly to say that I'm hyped for this. Come on, I'm just, yeah, I'm not hyped yeah. because I'm 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 like tired of the let's reference everything from the past and bring everybody back and mm. like does does the Fox universe deserve a proper send off? I'm not so sure that it does, just quite let it frankly. Die. Let it rot. And, right. And like Marvel just got the rights back to the X-Men and stuff. I almost feel like they shouldn't do this, but I know people will have fun with it. Sean, yeah. what if uh, Sophie Turner or Famke Jensen uh, show up? <laughs> All right. I want it. High yeah, meters. He wants to see them what die. if they both get show them both. up? Please get them. I won't survive that. Yo, give me Oscar Isaacs as Apocalypse, you know. Like. Double Jean Grey on the screen, dude. Double J. Oh no, not not him. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I mean this, this is the only one that could actually film right now too, because it's it's the writing of it is done. Um, and I guess they don't care to have a writer on set. Um, so uh, I've heard, I've heard Ryan Reynolds can't improvise though. He yeah, can't or correct. can? Can't. Interesting. But is he, is he writing at that point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. because you're 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 meaningfully altering the script. Oh, interesting. So yeah, that's not allowed. But it's worth pointing out that that was the exact same circumstance uh, when the first Deadpool movie was filmed. I believe it's true. Yeah. So he was unable to um, ad lib that well, as well. We also have the looming actors strike, so we'll see what happens. Right. You know, the signs are already being made for that. So. <laughs> oh my god, Aaron Ruiz. I better hear Bring Me to Life in the movie. Yo, I would go ballistic. Uh, Yo, I would same. go ballistic too. Same. I would lose my mind. Do, Evanescence, uh, for those of you who aren't aware. That was their uh, are there, So say they do did they do this. What pre MCU cameos would you want? Double Gene. Double Gene, okay. Can we get Magneto? Um uh uh, uh Help me, please. Uh, he does not want to be doing that anymore. Don't put that poor man in front of a green screen ever again. I know he cried. I know, but... <laughs> Sarah Ian McKellen? Thank yeah, you. don't do it. We already killed off Charles Xavier in Doctor Strange, so we don't need to do Ooh, that again. And Sarah... Uh, Patrick Stewart? He's already... We already did it. Done. Do it again. Do it again. Happy to do it again. <laughs> Kill him again. I just My man has face. died twice already. If I remember, because he died in Logan, right? And he's so. going to die three times, so. <laughs> oh! Marco, wow. Um, Bring back um, bring back this guy from Frasier to play Beast. Hank McCoy, again. yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. if we're bringing back Electra, give me Colin Farrell as Bullseye again. Hell yeah. I want to hear, I wanna hear some, uh, some Cypress Hill when he shows up. <laughs> bring back Black Kingpin. Let's get it. Nope. He's dead. No, he, he's oh, dead. Sh- yeah. Michael Clark Duncan is Bring dead. him back. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, damn. Deep fake. Deep fake. Let's go. We could get fucking, um, what's his name? Keith David? David Keith? The As voice who? actor? Well, he does physical acting too, yeah. That's who? 
SK pin. No, no. If you're gonna bring something back, it's gotta yeah, be yeah. the same person. If you, my uh, other. Uh, pick, I mean, I think these are extenuating circumstances, Tyler. <laughs> For me, I want Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. Give us our white Nick Fury temporarily. <laughs> I'll riot. I don't want that. I reject I, that. You ever watch that? No. It's watchable. Listen, this is the type of conversation that puts me out of this podcast. It's <laughs> casting this. Member berries? All of it. I hate it. This is the worst part of doing this for me. <laughs> Tyler brought up White Nick Fury, and I said, fuck, maybe. <laughs> Wait, can we get... Oh, well, that's not Fox Universe. I was going to say, can we get Eric Bana back as the Hulk? I mean, we can... Uh, that's universal. Get, yeah. get, uh, get What's-Her-Face oh. back from Howard the Duck, Beverly. No, or bring back the Howard the Duck costume. It's rotting somewhere, but... That's nasty. Who's the other Hulk guy? Uh, there's oh, three. Bill, Eric Bana. Bill Bixby. Oh, Bill. Uh, is he still alive? Ah, great question. Lou Ferrigno get, is. Get Lou, but, yeah, get Lou Ferrigno. But if, but if, like, I can see that being where, like, the whole thing is Deadpool killing these characters. And there's a montage scene. That scene of Bill Bixby just slowly walking away up that up that road. And Deadpool just pops out and just kills him. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be a fucking another Flash punch ball thing. Where Deadpool's just looking at everybody throughout yeah, all the ages. And yeah. What a nightmare. Killmonger but, says a white Nick Fury creates a space for an actual black character. I don't know, man. Sam wait, Jackson's pretty black to me. What, what, what Yo, was his? bring Wesley Snipes. Oh, my God. That's the oh, answer. That's the answer. With bring CGI Wesley eyeballs. Yes. I would, I would kill to see a Ryan Reynolds and Wesley Snipes like that would Deadpool that could that could be a lot. oh my god that is the money idea that okay, is the money f- idea make blade like the main like Deadpool's main antagonist oof what, Ryan okay. Reynolds was in blade yeah he fucking yeah. was yeah yeah he fucking was there's a, right. there's a joke right. right there yeah blade 3 right yep yeah yo yes Trinity. yeah the worst triple one. h was too bring him back uh poor dude's heart come on all about the game um yeah uh i think we've hit on something it'd be funny if he accidentally goes to the spawn universe as a a gag they just get that for a quick cameo i'm with that yeah chill i understood exactly what you mean i was joking yeah you know it's okay um yeah so deadpool 3 potentially bringing back a ton of characters from the fox universe It'll be exciting to see who they do. Like, am I into it now, today, with no images of them or anything like that? No. But I'm a sucker, and I'm a nerd. So when they show a trailer, and I see Ben Affleck as Daredevil, am I going to pop? Yeah. Sean's a mark. You'll get him through the door. I still like that that movie. Uh, Daredevil movie is formative for me. Yeah, I can't fight that. Yeah. I like that movie. I'm oh, not, I've not even seen again, the director's I like cut. That movie. I'm talking yeah. theatrical cut too. I enjoy theatrical oh. cut. Watch the director's cut. It's legit. Yeah, it's on my list of things I'll never do. Of Daredevil? Yeah. Oh. We should do a watch along of that. That would be cool. That could be, be good. good. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, Tyler. It's not it's not even on purpose at this point. I know. That's why. <laughs> um Classy Ulysses says, watch, it's gonna be a different DP three movie. I heard rumors the plot is similar to the Flash. I mean, how how could it not be? 
it's similar to the flash which is similar to spider-verse which is similar to no way home which it's yeah. all everybody's doing the same thing and i think that's where my like feelings of not of disinterest is coming from yeah is that we've, we're seeing this so much secret wars is going to do this it's a, it's a lot Everyone i'd almost just... rather they not do it here and do the wacky stuff in secret wars like bring everybody back and get rid of them then that way it's like a final swan song because you know they're bringing these characters back from secret Hugh Jackman showing up in Secret Wars. Let's be real. There's unless he's dead, which is not going to be happening because my man's healthy. He's in Secret Wars. I don't know. Uh, not certainly not to uh, speak ill of him. He did he have that big skin cancer. Yeah, he did scare. have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit! All right, well, hur- they, they, Marvel needs to fucking hurry up and film that movie, <laughs> and they keep pushing it back. Jesus, <laughs> like, I. What am I? One of the things I really wanted to see was, um, and this is not, this is like dumb, but I wanted to see Hugh Jackman's Wolverine on screen with, you know, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. And I wanted to see him with Cap. I wanted to see a fight between uh, Captain America and Wolverine. I really did. And it sucks that that's probably not going to happen. But it could happen in Secret Wars if Chris Evans gets off his ass, America's ass, and puts that costume on again. And it could happen if Hugh Jackman stays alive, keeps his body in shape, and puts those claws on when they start filming that movie in three fucking years. Sean, what it if it's uh, what it if it's uh, years. Agent of Shield, uh, Steve, with the Hollow Shield? Whatever, whatever's clever. They kind of, sort of referenced that in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. So, all right. Now we promised the draft. If we hit our likes goal, we smashed it. In fact. I need to set these higher for you guys. Hulk smashed it. There you go. The clobber time it. Almost. Um, and so we will do the draft now, and this is the theme. We will be drafting a team of Marvel copycat characters. What do I mean by copycat characters? I mean, I'm not going to reference a whole bunch, but I mean what War Machine is to Iron Man. Characters that are very, very, very similar in concept mm. that spawned after the fact and are an offshoot of the OG. That is the only way it works. Do these have to be within, like, the same company? Yes, it's Marvel only. Oh, it's, oh, it's Marvel. Okay. Can sorry. they be okay. knockoffs of non-Marvel characters? No. Only knockoffs of Marvel characters. Okay. And they have to spawn from, the, like, War Machine spawned from Iron Man. That's the only acceptable. Like answer. I put um, Red Arrow on this thing because I didn't know it was just Marvel, but that same idea. Um, yes. Red Arrow is to Green Arrow. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Hyperion, for example, does not count because people say he's a copy of Superman. That's fine, but that he doesn't count for this. How, how many are we drafting? This will four, be tough. Four? So we're going to only do four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. Even four for me feels a lot, bro. I don't know what bro, you're talking hey, about. Hey, bro. Four for me feels hard. And we're doing a snake, right? So we'll do, yeah, we're going to do the snake draft. So this is going to be. actual snake draft. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, do you have an understanding of how to manage that? It's, yeah, it's, it's straightforward. It's the, whoever goes last goes twice, and then you go in reverse order, and then, yeah. then the person went first goes twice. And then, yeah. One, two, three, three, two, one. Okay, cool. So, now that we're all aware of the concept, now that we all have an understanding of what we are here to do today, I am going to break out 
my handy dandy dice. Uh, for this one, I will go with my X-Men dice. As you can see. And I will clear away anything that uh, is unsafe for consumption on screen. And we will roll. <laughs> and put my pants before. on. Now, uh, I first? will begin by rolling for Tyler. What the fuck? You don't want me to roll for you first? You're first on my screen. Fine. All right. And we have a three. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to roll my own D20 real quick. See what I get. Three. I got a Nat, 19. Nat, yeah, okay. Oh, oh okay. Nat yeah. one. Uh, I will roll for myself now. A seven. I will roll for Marco now. Twelve. A five. Oop. I will roll for Kale now. An eight, or a nine, rather. So it'll Kale's be first. Kale, myself, Marco, and... Yo, what? How? How is that? I don't possible? know. It's 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 just it's the roll of the dice, man. Collusion. You're not a lucky person. I'm really not. Ask Matt. It is known how I'm the most unlucky person out there. The opposite of Domino. <laughs> all right. With that all said, Kale, you may begin. I'm gonna go Ben Riley first. Oh, oh that's a good. That's one. the one that makes the most sense to me. I think as we go along, you'll start seeing. I, I I get it, but that's the first one that's Marco. No, you. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh War Machine. Okay. Hobgoblin. Nice. Okay. Um yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to say and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Sentry. Being Sort of like Hyperion. Uh, I I don't think that passed. That doesn't pass the smell test for me. It's because you can't so. get him. Because he wasn't created to be. He wasn't created for that purpose. He didn't spawn out of Hyperion. Yeah. All right. Give me Mighty Thor, Jane Foster Thor. There you go. There nice. you go. Good. And okay. Okay. Yeah. You get the next pick. Uh, I get. I get. Oh, I get another one. Um. I should have written mine down. Give but me. God damn. Uh, I forgot. That would go twice. Uh... Give me Red Hulk. Mind. Red Hulk, actually. Let me get Red Hulk. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got uh, Carnage. Sean. Ooh, nice. Sean oh, must have just seen me wake fair. up to the concept. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Carnage is valid. You're so then true. I would go. Um, yep. Beta Ray Bill. Oh, nice. Fair. Uh, Bucky Cap. Nice. Mm, that was going to be my, my other one. Okay. Wait, no, Sean, you have yeah. to go twice. Oh, oh, okay. No, I go um, twice. Oh, no. Uh, no, Kale goes twice because he's first. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah, so Kale would go twice, yeah. Who else you got? Uh, 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 uh. Damn, this is crazy. I dead ass have two more. If you, if any one of you picks it, I got my whole thing is screwed up. <laughs> she Hulk. Yep, that's a good yep. one. Yep. Okay, so then I would be next. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. So, yeah, um, so now we go climb back up. 
I will go with. Amadeus Cho. Hulk. Mm. Oh, so totally awesome Hulk. Hulk. Totally awesome Hulk. Yeah, there's a lot of Hulks Hulk you can picks. do here. Yeah. Uh, US... Sorry, go what? Ahead. Uh, US agent. Nice. Wow. <laughs> That's a decent one. Yeah. That's good, man. I didn't see that coming from you. Um, <laughs> oh, so he goes in a TV twice. show, so he knows. I, he I go twice. I go twice again. Right. And then that's it for me, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm going to go with Spider-Woman. Yeah, nice. Um, and then I'm also going to go with Flash Thompson, Agent Venom. Very good. Very good. Uh, my last one is X-23. Oh, shit. that's a good one. That's a good one. I was thinking Dakin, and I was like, oh, there's got to be Wolverines, and I totally forgot about Laura. Let's go. Damn, I got a good fucking list on this one. Yeah, this had, this had more meat on the bone than I thought it would. So. Yeah. yeah. It's your turn, Sean. All right. Um... Oof. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the maker. Ultimate. Interesting. Mm, Interesting. That opens up the floodgates a bit. I almost, I almost called that, but that's no, that's good. Uh, my last one will be Scott Lang. Oh, okay. yep. oh, well done. Nice. Damn, Marco, you're this, when I put this together, I was like, eh, this will be fun and it'll be interesting for us to have to think outside the box, but we might have to get into like the bottom of the barrel. But we did this without anyone saying Sam Wilson cap. Well, Marco still has to go. Oh, no, I went. I went. You have all four? No, yeah, he got all I four. four. Yeah. I got all four. Yeah. Okay, I mean, gotcha. I, shit, I could do it. I could do a fifth. Yo, I, I did not expect <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, me too. Now. Yo, let me do, I can do another one. You want to do five? Yeah, let's do five. Okay. Sure. Sam Wilson cap. That's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, who no, would I, go next? Because uh, I never went twice. You're not supposed well, to go twice. That's not how the snake works. Oh, okay. yeah. Right, yeah, the right, first right. and the last go twice because they start the next round. Uh, right. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't actually want Sam Wilson cap. Okay. Who do I want? Got a good one. Oh, I just thought of this one. Dan says ultimate characters should not count. Do you guys I, agree with that? I agree with that, but I would say the maker is like I would say that's fine. I would say Miles is fine as well. Because they've kind of supplanted that. Does that make sense? And they're they're in our universe now. Yeah. So yeah. I would yeah. never have questioned Miles. Come on, Kel. I want I want to I want to say mine. Come on, dude. I'm gonna say so, uh uh, Miss Marvel. Okay. Damn. No. Yeah, yeah. Miss Marvel. Uh, Carol. Carol. Fuck. Oh my <laughs> oh, god. Yeah, because Carol is. <laughs> okay. yeah. Oh my Sean. god. Yeah. Is that yours? Yes, bro. <laughs> oh, I, got, I got two. Let me All right, know. So who would be next? No, you, uh, you go, Sean. Sean. Yeah. Oh. Um. Oh, I'm going to have to really, think, really think right now. So just bear with me. Um, Just say, just say, Marco, I need your help. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Got, I got two. I got two locked and loaded, baby. Oh really? Two in the chamber. Thinking of the third. Well, tell me one. I have one ready too. I'll Gray Hulk. Gray Hulk is Gray Hulk Bruce is Bruce, Bruce Banner. Banner. Yeah, it's the same. But it's one. A, it's it's the same shit. It's the same character. All right, good. I wasted my least effective one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a waste. It wouldn't have ever counted. The next one's good. All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Sam Wilson. Mine is Madeline Pryor. The Goblin. Ooh, that is literal clone. That is a pull. I was actually going to go somewhere similar. Now I was going to go Rachel Gray, the other mm. Phoenix. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Oh, that's it. Dead Rising, good one. Yeah, we could have done six. At this I was thinking bad. about Kate Bishop as well, but uh, I'm I'm going power for once. I need to win this friggin' vote. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we could end it at five. I don't have yeah. another one. All right. So these are our final lists, and I frankly I think all of these are strong, and I'm surprised by how yeah. good these are. Marco yeah. had Hobgoblin, Carnage, U.S. Agent, X-23, and Madeline Pryor. I had War Machine, Beta Ray Bill, Totally Awesome Hulk, The Maker, and Sam Wilson Cap. Tyler has The Mighty Thor, Red Hulk, Spider-Woman, Agent Venom, and Rachel Gray. And Kale got Ben Riley, Bucky Cap, She-Hulk, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, and Miss Marvel. Carol Danvers. So you could say Captain Marvel, Carol really. Danvers. Yeah. Unless you just want the skimpier outfit, Kale. Well, I, I said Ms. Marvel, and I, I made sure to change it real quick because originally <laughs> I thought Kamala Khan, but then I yeah. went, wait, that's not who I want. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ca yeah, Captain Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, what is Marco's team is good. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm frankly that, surprised. That team of villains, <laughs> oof. Did you guys I'm have jealous. any you were also thinking about? Like yeah, Dan mentions Young Avengers. Um, oh, Chillmonger, great point. Sam Alexander oh, Nova. Nova. Yeah, oh, that's a yeah. good. That's one of my favorite characters too. Yeah, great, great. Another good McGinnis book. Read that book, Jeff Love McGinnis. Um, all the Young Avengers, like Wick. So I was thinking Wiccan, but I think Wiccan's too original to say it's a Scarlet Witch clone. Yeah, it's just just a, because yeah. it's it's her son. Um, but I think well, Hulk would you... work. Hmm. Kate Bishop, literally, it's the same title, so I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, Kate Bishop's uh, yeah, fair Kate game. Bishop, yeah. Speed. Speed is fair game. Yeah, because that's Quicksilver, yeah. Novar would have counted as another Marvel. But, yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's put up a poll. And real quick, as we as we close and see what you guys think. Oh shoot, Spiral Storm, welcome, welcome. Hey, I'm glad Spiral. you glad you checked out the live stream. Spiral is a is a member of our Discord, um, as you should be as well. You should join if you, yeah, if you recently haven't. rejoined. Yeah, um, yeah. So we let's... got a we got a couple of oh no, we got one extra um, subscription to the Discord. Uh, Mad Bandit, hey, welcome. just welcome. today. Yeah. Welcome. So, yeah, Tyler's getting that poll up. These drafts are a lot of fun. If you have a concept for a draft that we haven't done, that you would like to see us do, let us know. We love it. It's a lot of fun. This was a good one. Hell, yeah. yeah. Got mileage out of it. Let's see. What other what other uh, characters did we miss? Uh, Polaris? Polaris? Mm. Shuri is Black Panther. Shuri, okay. Yeah, that's acceptable. But Polaris as a an offshoot of who? Magneto, I guess. They have a similar power set. She feels unique enough to me. 
I, yeah, I don't know enough about her origin to say that she would be uh, a Magneto. Scar, Scar would be one of them, I would feel. Isn't Polaris a clone? Yeah. No, no, Polaris. I've never heard of her being a clone. She's, she's Magneto's child. Uh, the Crimson Dynamo. God, I love that name. Iron Man, Iron Man right? Iron Man, yeah. yeah. Guardian. There's, oh. there's plenty of Cap ones. Iron Monger. Yeah, Iron Monger, of course. Although not necessarily that strong, but yeah. Damn. Yeah, a lot of good ones. A lot Man. of good ones. Marco's first one was Hobgoblin. That's the one that blew me away. That's, That's the, the one that was, really I'm, like I'm opened the flame gate for me. Right now. Yeah. There's tons of goblins, too. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of characters that spun out a lot. Like, you know, there's a lot of Ant-Men. Um, we could have we could have said about 15 spider women. Right. Yeah. Uh, so DC, Tyler, this is a good one for DC. DC's got a lot of legacy characters, so. Tyler got the poll up. Can we agree amongst ourselves to, if we're going to vote, not vote for ourselves? I ain't touching it. No, uh, no, because I already did. <laughs> oh, all right, well, vote for yourself. Again. The second I saw it, I put, I put mine. Then I guess we're voting Sorry. for ourselves. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Um, All right, so... As a reminder, of course, if you enjoyed the show today, if you had as much fun as we did, there's the fun doesn't stop here. It continues on our Discord server. It continues on patreon.com slash the comics pals, where we're always giving you bang for your buck. We have a whole host of content on there um, that is exclusive there that you haven't seen if you're not on there. An exclusive show, a whole show that's up there. Um, you get to vote in the book club poll. You get the newsletter access. You get a lot for you know a few shekels of yours we appreciate everybody who chooses to join us on patreon and if you haven't checked out the page and you know if you if you're curious all you have to do is give it a look and uh we think you'll find a lot of value there so thank you to those who have done that uh if you want to watch this show live it is every saturday at 10 15 a.m eastern 6 p.m eastern on thursdays for pals polls the listener pick poll is up on twitter where you can vote if you would like to influence what we read for Pals Pools. Uh, Dennis Culver yeah. definitely did. <laughs> what you mean? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just for you guys, because you guys are so great, I will tell you what we will be reading next week. Oh, Night Terrors, number one. Fallen Friend, Miss Marvel, number one. Amazing Spider-Man, number 29. Immortal X-Men number 13 and the winner of the poll, which is currently um, uh, currently we have The Hunger in the Dusk, number one up there, Unstoppable Doom Patrol number four, Fish Flies number one, and World's Finest Teen Titans number one. So that's what Pals Pulls is looking like. I just got alerted to that nobody picked Spider-Ham. There's a reason for that. <laughs> I wish I had picked Spider-Man 2099. That was a fuck up. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man is not bagging with uh, Miles' mom. See, the thing is, if we do it with DC, everybody's going to pick a Superman offshoot. Like, it's it's going to be the same characters, but they're just going to be a different version. I'm going to pick all five Swamp Thing. Then maybe maybe the criteria for winner shouldn't, shouldn't be power. It should be, what would you like to read? please that that's kills cri- sean's whole game <laughs> no the criteria for me the criteria is whatever the audience thinks it's not sure, it's okay, not anything yeah, it's, in it's, particular i draft power because that's how i would that's how i would judge it but you know everyone should have their own scale um yeah 
Let's do some plugs. Kale, you're up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Comics Pals. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, but I am not leaving Twitter. I will go down with that shit, and um, then I won't be anymore. Are, are, are you on Threads? No. Yes. You kidding me? You have an Instagram. You could just click a button. You're on Threads. My privacy has been invaded enough. <laughs> You're fucking telling me we're going to go from Elon Musk to Mark Zuckerberg, who has a, a, an, an, a longer list of war crimes? I'd rather give my information to an alien who likes B Sweet Baby Rays. Ooh, does he really? Well, then I just go downstairs and give it to my wife. Like, what? <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are you giving hey, to easy, your wife? Easy, just like Sweet Baby Rays? You heard it here. Yeah, uh, check oh, out yeah. the Comics Pals OnlyFans. <laughs> the uh, uh, but apparently, apparently, one of the, the new terms is you can't delete your Threads account without deleting your Instagram account. You can yeah. deactivate it, but yeah, it's yeah. it's a fucking nightmare. Being worked on. Yeah. No, forget that. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Toto Into. That's T O T O I N T O W. You can find my work at Kaleword.com. That's K L E W A R D dot com. I'm watching. I'm a Virgo. Um, on Amazon Prime. Oh, but you're married. Uh, Listen, we've just never done it. Um, uh, a tremendous look at a superhero show. If you like uh, Extraordinary, which is on Disney Plus, it's sort of another take. It's a world where it seems like everybody has superpowers, um, but it comes at it from like a poor black neighborhood angle. Um, it's about a kid who's uh, born giant. I think he's something like 13 feet tall. Um, and they do the effects in a really lo-fi way. Um, so, like, they do... One of the cool things I saw was they uh, they do a speedster, and she's uh, 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 working in a, a burger restaurant, and she's making burgers. And what they do is they... Um, have her arms move around in different colored clothes mm -hmm. and they speed that section of her up like the you know her head is above a counter or whatever they speed her arms up in all these different colored clothes to make it look like she's moving really fast hmm. it's really cool it's really really good i highly recommend it if you have uh, amazon prime uh done by boots riley and the uh uh comic writer creator of uh tko say chun oh um, really helped uh yeah. Make he makes a cameo. Oh, I yep. highly recommend. What is it called again? I'm a Virgo. All right. Definitely check it out now. Marco, you're up. Uh, you can follow me at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. Come talk to me about... Uh, I'm catching up on Nightwing. Catching up on some comicsology mm. stuff. Um, I need to finish... I'm going to finish Barnstormers because I thought that book was really, really good. Um, and I have it downloaded on Comixology. Otherwise, yeah, come talk to me about that and whatever anime you're watching. Tyler. And thank you for giving me the win on the poll. It's not done Let's yet. Go. No, no, still it's up, guys. Done. No, no, Once on. the plugs are done, that's when I'll announce who won. You just cut it now. Um, you could follow me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram, Twitter, and Threads. I am on Threads, and I'm probably a little too much on Threads. Um, where you can see that I'm probably mentally hanging on a thread. Uh, it's very apparent <laughs> on that platform. Um, yeah, so check me out there. You can talk about uh, 
being horny on me, and I don't know. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to talk about. Just do do what you want. Oh, Sean, Sean just perked up. Uh, threads, Sean, Threads. Hmm. Oh, uh, Comics Pals is also on Threads, so I'm using that to post some really weird, out-of-context comic book panels that I found on the internet. So, Also on the thread. Unreal. If you haven't voted in the poll, you have a few more moments to do that. As I tell you that I'm on Twitter and Instagram only, at Sean Soapbox. I will be watching some UFC tonight. Very excited. I've been looking forward to that mm. for weeks. Oh, yeah? Absolutely. Um, and uh, outside of that, you know, just uh, just chilling. So looking forward to next week. We will see you then. Love everybody that showed up today to watch live. Thank you all so much for doing that. Let's get a quick uh, uh, answer from Tyler on the poll. Who won? So coming in last is Sean with 8%. Uh, following up is me with 17. And in second place, we have Mikel with 33 and Marco with 42%. Oh. You know what's sad? Is that I know that that 8% is from my own vote. <laughs> <laughs> Did you divide hey. it? No. I mean, I'm I not going to do the math on that one. I just one, but feel like that, that could that be tracks. the only way. Anyway. Thank you so much for joining us. You guys made this a very special episode. We will see you next week. Until then, take care, guys. See you next week.